everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse episode 183, I think. <laughs> I'm sure. Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up, people? And Connor's here as well. Would, would it really kill Pete to just check before he starts instead of uh, no. every time going, I No, that's part of the charm. I prefer it this way. Because yeah, then if he's wrong, he looks dumb. Just, just say it with some confidence. Matt's an agent of chaos. That's what that is. Um, I am. Yeah, well, I am chaotic neutral sometimes. Sometimes chaotic good. Yeah, well, I did that in television with the multiverse last week. I actually had the number wrong by 10, but I thought I was right. So it was, <laughs> See, it was you know, and then, it was... And then he looks dumb, and it's great. Did I call you out on it? No, you didn't notice. Well, damn it. I thought I was listening <laughs> to you. Hey, Connor. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, yeah. you know what I found out this week? Oh, it's going to be a Star Wars thing. <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> I'm just, I'm good, Matt. I can read the mains. Uh, that in in Fallen Order, uh, you can collect the same parts that you use to build the lightsabers in Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. So now I know what I need to do. I uh, I completed Fallen Order uh, uh-huh. last week over the past week, and uh, uh-huh. yeah, it's good, Matt. Yeah, you'll yeah. you'll dig it. Well, I was watching The Mandalorian this morning because my wife went shopping yesterday, and I didn't see her all day, so we couldn't watch it, and I was very upset. That bitch. But when they took down the ATST, I was like, I bet you there's a part in Fallen Order I can do this. And yep. I need to. Mm-hmm. And, so. Yep. And, and, and an at, too. Yeah. Uh, oh. So, yeah. But I got to make my lightsaber now. This uh, is however, a DC Comics podcast. We talk about yeah, DC Comics every week. Pete, I also, after I made said lightsaber, I brought it onto the show. It's fine. My. <laughs> I just I would like to actually tell them what the podcast is before we tangent into oblivion. That's all I want. It's all I want in life. <laughs> so you want something and I'm preventing you from having it? This is the greatest of all outcomes. <laughs> so the DC Comics podcast, we talk about DC Comics every week. Coming up on this week's show, we have Action Comics 1017, The Flash 83, Shazam, Issue 8, Justice League Dark number 17, Batgirl 41, Freedom Fighters 11, Supergirl Annual number 2, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Infinite Crisis number 1, Basketful of Heads number 2. That wraps up the actual new books. And then we have three Patreon books to go through this week, uh, mainly because Connors of Menace and left them all to the last week. That's not entirely true, because I did do one a couple of weeks ago. I just had one to make up. <laughs> yeah, but you could have, I only had one, so it didn't really matter where I put mine. You could have spread yours out. <laughs> you knew I was doing mine this, this week. I, t- I, t- I said this two weeks ago. I'm doing them both this week. You could have done yours last week. Time got away from me. That's all I'm saying. Hey, in my defense, my book was actually a annual size book that I did not realize was an annual size book, so... Uh, yeah, one of mine was. I, I'm not sure if it was, but it definitely felt longer. <laughs> uh, there, there was back matter too that I happened to read. So yeah, that yeah, that, that cut away. Maybe. Yeah, so so has got to, and I'll explain the Patreon books when we get there. But Red uh, Red Hood Outlaw 37, Connor's going to talk about. I'm going to talk about American Vampire issue one, which has a backup story, which is almost as long as the main book. So like, yeah. this is like a 40 page issue one, written uh, by Joe Hill's dad. Some guy named Stephen King. <laughs> Written by Joel's dad. Is that really? Yeah, so I, I think that's more appropriate following on from Basketful of Heads. True, yeah. true. That was a connective tissue there. Maybe. See, I was smart to leave my book till this week. There was a connective thread. Mm-hmm. So. Also, you were lazy and put it off like Honor did. 
Shut your face, you American idiot. And... <laughs> I was working last week. Uh, and then last up, uh, Connor's going to talk about Undiscovered Country issue one, which is actually Scott Snyder, like American Vampire. So there's a thread there too. Oh, I guess. and Charles Soul. Yeah. Oh, well, and Charles Soul. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah the co-writing. All, all I know is that uh, Tyler, who's making his read the two Snyder books, kept referring to uh, co- as comics from the Snyderverse was coming up. Uh, That's not a fun name. Because like <laughs> it sounds like we're talking about a different Snyder, no. doesn't it? That, that, that's yeah, the thing. No. In context of this show, that would be fine. I mean, it may not be Pete's favorite, but I mean, you know, there's, there's a, a level of acceptable quality, I think, that we can all agree on. Hey, I'll, I'll take Scott Snyder a million times over Zack Snyder every day of the week. That's <laughs> not mince words yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not mince words. Uh, so yeah, big list of books. That's what we're going to get to. Luckily, there's not really much news or whatever to talk about beforehand. Uh, we've done solicits for the month. We've done sales for the month. Uh, just a couple of tidbits uh, before we inevitably tangent into things. But uh, I'll just mention there is a delay. Um, once again, uh, Joker Harley. Criminal Sanity issue 2 has been pushed back. And once again, I, I'm going to complain about this every single time until they change it. Newsarama, their headlines for delays are infuriating to me because they always make it sound like it's been pushed a huge amount again. And what it actually is, is there's now a total of this in terms of its delay. Because it's the headline reads, Joker Harley, Criminal Sanity, pushed back two months. No, 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 no. It was already pushed back a month. It's been pushed back another month. Say it properly. I'm just, it's, it's, it bugs me. Anyway, uh, it's coming out now. Um, on January 1st. It was pushed originally to December 4th. Um, that's when we were expecting it. So it was going to be next week, but now it's going to be uh, that first week in January instead. So Yeah, remember when they thought that was going to be monthly? <laughs> no. Uh, it's nine issues as well, so... Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm hoping this doesn't derail the plans too much. I, 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 don't, I don't want this to kind of get into trouble and end up not happening because I, I did like the first issue. So hopefully they can hit a stride. Yeah, yeah. A bi-monthly stride. I'm not expecting miracles, but no, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, just consistency would be nice. Uh, Connor, you had like an artist change, I think you said. Yeah, actually, there was another delay that. Um, oh, was it? You, yeah, uh, Batman versus a uh, Razzle uh, four and five. <laughs> Um, have been you, delayed. I'm going to go out and wait because there was actually a couple of giant delays that I just ignored because we don't talk about them. Um, I'm, I must have just glossed over this because equally we don't care. <laughs> that that is fair. Um, for the record, four is now January fifteenth, which was originally solicited for November twentieth. Um, and five is now February twelfth. Uh, uh, which is isn't as much of a delay. That was originally solicited for January 29th So probably expect that one to get another delay at some point yeah okay. uh, but uh not too bad and then there is a, an artist change for batman 84 uh yanin is off the issue because he was the oh, originally no. solicited artist and we are getting uh jorge fornes instead who has been oh. off and on on the book in general and you know has been pretty yeah, good that's not bad there, there was a chance he was going to see uh john romita junior or something like that yeah, I was... no it, it's not a bad change. i mean you might have a preference don't get me wrong but it's not a bad Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's not some job or they're putting in there to fill in for the for the week. Yeah, and and it'll feel consistent with the book as a whole because he has been, you know, a, a semi regular guest on the book. Yeah, it's the penultimate issue. I wonder if it's just because they're putting extra pages in eighty five and Yannin's uh, going yeah, to be on maybe. that. Maybe because he he is definitely doing eighty five. Because Yannin has, I'd probably say, out of all the artists in this book, Yannin's probably the one that I associate it with the most. I mean, there's been a few, don't get me wrong, that have been consistently there, but. He's the one that I kind of see as the A artist for the book. Yeah, he's been on it since like the start. 
Yeah, it wasn't the. I mean, it wasn't the first arc. He did the second arc onwards. No, but, but he, he was always yeah. announced at the start of the book as one of the main artists. Yeah, and he's and been there the whole time. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's never faltered. Whereas, you know, Clayman came in, did a few chunks here or there. Mitch Gerrard has come in, done a few chunks here or there. But it's definitely been Yannin all the way through. And uh, Finch has come back a few times. Obviously, there's been some other randomers here or there. But Yeah, like, like, like Faunas has done a handful of issues now. Yeah, yeah. So, no, good. good. Right. Uh, also, Newsarama, sort out your typos, because they put the updated solicit, and uh, it just says Atman. So, uh, Atman84. That's pretty so, yeah. glaring. It is. <laughs> so, it's hard not to notice that one. So, yeah, shame on them. Yeah. Uh, so, there you go. That's your, your little bit of news. Um, yeah. So, uh, Matt, how's your week been? Pretty good. I ate entirely too much over the course of this week. Uh, over the course, of, over the course of the, the opening five minutes of our phone call, you were eating too much. Were, Matt, when we we brought him up on Skype, Matt was sitting <laughs> eating pumpkin pie, and before I even saw the pie, I saw cream on his beard. That's just how he yeah. started the call today. It's so I almost dropped it and I had to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Again, nobody's oh, above oh. breakfast pie. I have, I have a winter berry pie in the kitchen that I'm going to have. Oh, do you? Mm. Mm. Do you know, actually, do you know what I've got in the freezer? I've got... Uh, I can't remember what we're called this particular brand. It's essentially Magnums. Uh, you know those, those are, Connor. Yeah. Uh, the ice creams uh, with the chocolate around them, um, but it's like salted caramel inside it, and it's got like oh, macadamia yeah. nuts on the outside. Um, yeah, I've seen those. W- why I have them right now when it's like minus six outside, I don't know, but like. <laughs> yeah, I get that. It's weird. Yeah. I guess I'm trying to lower my body temperature so that I feel more at home, and you know, I'm trying to Mister Freeze it. I'm trying to become more cold blooded <laughs> so that I'll feel more at home in the cold. More. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> it's, uh, it's not particularly. Uh, I think it's. I think it's like apple, blackberry, blackcurrant, oh, okay. and something else gotcha. is in there. All, all the dark fruits, basically. Gotcha. I thought maybe there was something called a, a winterberry. Um, no, it's just like a mixture of. Gotcha. It only grows in in the winter. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I I don't really know why they call it that. I think for whatever reason, dark fruits are just associated more with winter as yeah. opposed to the the summery. You know, tropical fruits. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. That's just the default thing, I think. Yeah. I mean, else. in Oregon, they have a thing called a Marion berry. So, and it's basically a blackberry mixed with a blueberry. It's quite, quite delicious. That that sounds yeah. brilliant. I'll yeah, like Tillamook, uh, which is a brand from up there, they have a Marion berry pie flavored ice cream. It's got chunks of pie crust in it. It looks good. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to have to insist that Matt stop using his computer mouse because it's very audible on the mic. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. No, yeah. that's my cat using the cat box too. She's she's kicking all the dirt up. Okay. Sounded a lot like a mouse on, on, yeah. a, on a wooden desk. Yeah? No? Uh, okay. Is it still doing it right now? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that is me. Because <laughs> <laughs> it got quiet. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you need to eat oil to bought me a mouse or whatever. I don't know what's going on, but or or do what sensible people do and get a mouse pad. I have a mouse pad, but it's plastic. Um, I don't have a mouse pad. I just have a mic that doesn't pick up from that angle. And well, aren't you special? Fine, yeah, magic, beautiful. Um, now I got a Christmas tree this week because 
when I've been live streaming recently, there's been a goal. Should the goal be hit, I had to get a Christmas tree and put it up in the background. It's not one up yet. I'll do that on stream at some point in the next week. But um, I also had to get custom stockings for the cats with their names on them for the background. So those arrived yesterday or oh the day before. My God. Uh, they're pretty adorable. Um, cats don't know what's hit them. Uh, Christmas is about to hit, <laughs> descend get, upon them. We get stockings for our dogs too, and they don't give two craps. Oh, they're just they like, oh, we get treats today. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, what I should put inside the stockings is just cardboard. If I can get like a box in there, because the cats love the boxes. Yeah, catnip. Yeah. Cat, cat toys, they don't give a shit about. But you put uh, an empty box in front of them, yeah. they are in heaven. It is Christmas come early for them if you put an empty box in front of them. I mean, it won't become early if you give it them on Christmas Day like you're supposed to. Hey, stop! Tear up the I carpet! Mean, the, 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 the tree came in a box, so they're going to have fun with that box. They've already been just, sitting on it. Just keep the box, cut it up, and then and, and, and give them just that. What am I to put the tree in after Christmas? A bag. Yeah, no, they they sell bags for, for that type of stuff. I don't know where you source that bag is as easy as a box. So, start on the loft to be fun. <laughs> loft is attic for the Americans who don't understand what he just said. Oh. It's it's what everyone else does with their Christmas trees. Yes. Oh, we throw ours in the garage. Yeah, so that also yeah, seems like a, a that, common practice. Sensible, yeah. Or the basement. Basically, one of the things that's kind of part of the house, but not really the main part of the house. The, the place where you can just throw the junk and not think about it for a year. Yes. It's kind of ideal. Yeah. AKA that corner. That's where all the comics <laughs> the store it is. <laughs> I left a bunch of my comics because, you know, I put them in my backpack to read at work, and then when I'm done, I take them out, set them on the counter. And my wife goes, hey, what's up with all these unread comics? I go, what are you talking about? Those have all been read. She goes, well, why don't you take them upstairs? I'm like, have you seen upstairs? <laughs> it's the, the tower's unstable. If I add any more. I love the idea that Matt's like, okay, I'm going to finally, you know, organize these comics, bag them and board them, do all these things. He goes over at the pillar, like, okay, it's not been that long. And the first one he picks up is like, like Flash 682 or something. <laughs> something like that. I like yep, said, yep. There's never been a 682. I don't know why I picked 682. 2242, two, right? It's pre, 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 pre Flashpoint. <laughs> the joke I'm making is that the comics are really old. Yeah. I, I hate every, every like four or five months, I go, shit, there's too many here now. I got a bag on board. And it takes me like a whole day of sitting there doing it to get them sorted. And it's yeah, always no, a my, bitch. My shop sells them bagged and boarded. So. I just mine, don't understand. mine does for variants. Uh, for everything else, it's just bags, uh, not boards. Yeah. Um, Pedro always goes to me, why don't you just do it after you read them? And I'm like, because I can't be asked doing that every week. Yeah. Yeah, but it'll only be a few if you do that after you read them. It it's... would, but then I've got to get, you know, all right, I'll get, get the, the boards out, I'll get the tape out, and, and, and sit there and do, you know, a handful every week. And I could do that. But I can't be bothered every week, so I just let them. And, and I think I'll I'll do that this time. I'll I'll keep on top of it. And then three weeks later, I don't. They're there. Yep. There's a huge pile behind me right now that you can't see. <laughs> Hence why there's a stack over there that's probably four feet tall. Yeah, mine's not quite that bad. Yeah. I have three piles on the bottom shelf of a of a bookshelf that's uh, that's empty. 
because it's not been done in a while. I, I'm basically, I'm saying I'm getting I'm getting close to being due to doing it really, and uh, can't be bothered. I know how Carl's spending his Christmas day. You say that like we're not recording all of Christmas Day anyway. Are we? We we got recordings planned for Christmas Day. I'm pretty sure we do. <laughs> like I, I I will be cooking the Christmas dinner and then watching the stuff that we have to do. Yeah, it's only one or two. It's not an obscene amount. It's not. It's not like we've got Christmas Day decked out with like, oh, it's Christmas Day. Let's record five things. No, we have got like two shows to do, and then like I say, I'll I'll cook the Christmas dinner and then have to watch those. Yeah, but one of them's uh, actually Spans may be done by then. It'll be Witcher yeah. and Lost in Space, won't it? Witcher and Lost in Space. Well, hey, Witcher... should all go according to plan. Yeah, Witcher may be really good though. Maybe we'll be excited to watch it. Wait, Pete's saying this about a fantasy show? What the heck? Well, you see, Matt, I've played the video games, and Witcher Three is a fantastic uh, game. Yeah. So I'm already kind of locked in a little bit, especially since they're, what... they're promising that the horror element's going to be more played up, and that'll. Is that what this show is based on? Is Witcher Three? No, it's based on the books that are set before the games, okay. but the games gotcha. are sequels to the books, uh, so I have some context of what's going gotcha. on. Yeah, my friends really upset. They, they do that though, like they keep saying, yeah. "Oh, it's 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 not fantasy, it's it's horror." And you know, they did the whole thing with the you know, Game of Thrones as well, where they went, "Oh, we're not really doing fantasy. We, we got rid of all the fantasy elements." I'm like, because they're just, rightfully just, ashamed of no, fantasy. No, 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 just be, it's fine. It's a fantasy book. Do fantasy. That's okay. I'm Connor here. To be fair, I never actually saw the Witcher people say it's not fantasy. I just saw them say it's going to be more horror than fantasy. I think that's a different statement. No, no, no. I, I did see them say, oh, we toned down the fantasy. Great. Excellent. I love it. All I know is my friend who loves Henry Cavill is very upset that he has long white hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I bet after a couple of days, I love it. I'll watch a few episodes, but you know what? Yeah. It's starting to grow on me. Oh, she's going to watch the entire show. She binges things. I mean, she, she, she'll yeah, be I, topless like half the show. She'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, and then she'll shut up. She'll be fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So she, she's all, so we watched Mission Impossible Fallout, but she's gone back and just watched the Henry Cavill scenes. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so. As uh, you do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he was great in that movie. Um, yeah. I haven't seen it. Has Matt went so back and watched just the Henry Cavill scenes? Because that's what it's sounding like. No, I think that's what no. Matt did with Justice League. Oh. <laughs> you got a picture with the mustache and it makes it that much sweeter. <laughs> However, I did love how he uh, said he's if it's up to him, which it's not, he's not done playing Superman. It's funny, actually. Um, I, was, I was on the internet the other day and I saw... Uh, there's like a rogue like fan edit of Game of Thrones going about called the Sansa cut. It's just all the Sansa scenes, and I was wondering, oh, I didn't know Matt could edit. I'm I'm very good at it. That's made a super cut. It's about ten hours long. It's just all the Sansa scenes from all all eight seasons. That's actually longer than than I would have expected. I thought like this was yeah. going to be one of those things where the whole point was look how little she's in it. Um, no, well, that's actually a reasonable length. That well, of, no, you know, because you know how pe- people hindsight's twenty twenty. Well, and you get to the end, and people think like, "Oh, this is unjustified." Well, and you go back and look at her story, and she actually has the most complete story. Her and John. Hold on, a second. I made all this up. That number was out my ass. So that's... Oh, oh. <laughs> no, she's on the show more than people think. I was, like, I was just estimating based on no knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it's perfectly acceptable. I mean, I think me yeah. and Connor edge on the more reasonable side of Game of Thrones fans. Here, I, I would like, like to think so. <laughs> yeah, we, we we are fine with the finale, right? Like I, I don't love it, but I don't. Yeah, I'm not right. angry. No, exactly. So, yeah. Um, 
She she probably has the most development, I would feel. I can't give any opinions on the Game of Thrones finale, but I will put my hat in the ring as actually leaking the Lost finale if anyone wants to have a controversial finale opinion. Yeah. You know, so that's what it is. Although Fringe's finale was better. Fringe is one of the most satisfying conclusions to a show ever. And I've been thinking a lot about these a lot recently because we're getting to the end of the year, but more importantly, the end of the decade. And there's a lot of end of decade lists coming up, and one of them is top 25 TV shows of the decade, and I've been putting a lot of thought into my favourite shows. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? It's very tough, especially mixing the comedy with the dramas. See, like, like taking, like, you know, Parts and Rec or Brutal Nine and saying, okay, how does this compare to like better call saw like it's, it's so Ooh, hard it is and then it's tough to think of okay well this show had five seasons but two of them were in the previous decade so should you only <laughs> really count those last three seasons as okay no just what's in them on them alone or do you go well the show as a whole still mostly falls yeah, into this whole, decade. I, I home show. and then i would i would alternate you know drama comedy you know so you I know, don't, it's I don't, not as equal. I can tell you right now, they're, they're just spoiling my list right there, but I can tell you right now, there's not an equal amount of comedy and drama, so I couldn't alternate even No, well, I'm just saying, if you love, you know, Better Call Saul as much as Parks and Rec, but for different reasons, mm. you could put them one and two. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm they both would be justified. 50 shows at the minute. I need to get it down to 25. I, I have will, zero, because I, I don't be... participate in this madness. Yeah, screw you. <laughs> I don't have a choice. Uh, I will be surprised if I have more than five comedies in it at the end out of that 25 although Matt's definitely going to do a top 50 movies of the decade aren't you Matt no go on you can do one maybe (laughs) (laughs) I won't take but over the course of this episode Matt will be pressured into saying yes yeah because i had that idea because because me and connor were definitely going to do it as a pair but i was actually thinking that i could get everyone to do it not at the same time in the same recordings but do like a you know, either I an edit or... No, no, no. Yeah, I'd have you on video saying your picks, Matt, one at a time. And Sounds like work. Give it a little why. Yes, there, there would be a little bit of work involved. It would be a, a, a special where you'd give your top 50. <laughs> you, you really want me to have 50 reasons why Kong Skull Island's number one, Pete? <laughs> I mean, it would be banter if nothing else, Matt. I mean... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm already worried about Tim's placement of the boy. That You know, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't know what he do. God, he loves that movie. He really does. This madness. Like, I, I thought it was a joke. It's not a joke. <laughs> don't play. Like, I'm pretty sure on what my top three would be. After that, God knows. Do you know, I just to bring up one of Tim's tweets from the week because I, I do this every couple of weeks. Um, so the Irishman came out on Netflix. You know, the Scorsese movie came out on uh, three Thursday. Hours and 23 minutes of it. Like it was. Yeah, it's like three hours long. It's, yeah. yeah, I'm not watching that. Uh, so Tim puts out a tweet saying this is the only Irishman I care about would anyone like to guess what the gif was was it the leprechaun (laughs) it was the leprechaun yes on a tricycle classic Tim (laughs) I mean we we should mention while while we're on the topic of Tim his comic hit comicsology this week oh yeah that's right yeah Uh, uh, Goatman and the Midnight Delivery issue one Uh, you can find it on comicsology now for your your 399 um, and yep. you can support him, and you can give him a nice five star rating if you if you do happen to buy it. And I did a nice drunken review for him. <laughs> so it's ineligible, is what you're saying? Hey, no, uh, look, I I went so far as to tag like Tom King has Batman, Tom Taylor did Deceased, but Tim, because I was like, well, Tim's close enough to Tom when you're drunk, <laughs> has Goatman. So you know, 
Yes. Also, I saw this tweet. It was very drunken, and there were tables all over the place. It was uh, kind of hard to decipher, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, that is true. This was a thing that happened. Uh, so it's a two-issue story. Hopefully, issue two ends up there soon as well. Hopefully, submitted that so yeah. that they can get the complete story. But issue one of Goatman, the Midnight Delivery, from our fellow mailed fuzzer Tim, is there if you want to go have a look at that. So without further ado, we will move on to the books. And coming up uh, first this week, we have Action Comics 1017, Brian Michael Bendis writing, and unfortunately, John Romita Jr. on art. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. John Romita's art's not, or JRJR's art's not terrible. However, it makes it feel like it's from a different era and an era that I don't like. It, it reminds me of Rebirth Superman. Not Rebirth Superman. Flashpoint Superman. Um, New 52. New 52. Yeah, I, I, yeah. That's what we were trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't and I don't like it. Like So why it's not like... The art in this wasn't as, I would say... I don't want to say boring. But... It, it wasn't as bad as, as the Batman stuff. Right? I just I don't um, like his face. He's every, every like yeah. every time Superman's flying somewhere or something, his face looks terrible. I, I don't. Yeah. It's not for me. Anyway, uh, here's a here's a complaint, and I, I could have made this complaint in the last like two or three weeks, and I didn't. But I'm going to make it this week because I hate these covers right now that I've got the year of the villain logo because the title of the yeah. book itself is in small print under the DC logo, and I can't imagine walking out of the comic book store unless you're keeping up on what the covers look like. You're like, okay, yep. where's the action comics? Oh, I get, I'll read oh, yeah. the small print. <laughs> yep. I had a, a, when I got mine for my pull list, I, you know, overlooked and I was like, you didn't give me action. And he goes, yeah, I did. It's right there. Mm-hmm. You know, just because when I thumb through and look, I just, I'm looking for, you know, familiar stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah. This I'll, book, the, I'll tell the you opening. Right, this cover's not, not winning cover of the week. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, I'm just, Sinestro <laughs> looks like, an elf or something. I don't know. Anyway. I hate his god. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't like the look of his gorillas later. Oh yeah, his his um, god looks like he's he's had he's had his hair combed. He's got yeah. all his hair combed. It's all perfectly uniform. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no. So so, I feel like they just tacked on the year of the villain stuff in here, at the front and the back. Mm-hmm. Like it's got these really bad bookends because the middle is is what we've been dealing with with. With Miss Good, and and the Invisible Mob, or the Invisible Mafia, and you know her and coming out of the shadows as the owner of the the planet now. Um, oh, you're mixing the names. And all up. that stuff was good. You're mixing up names, I think. Uh, you mean Leon? Leon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good's the red mess. Red mess, right? yeah. God. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. So. And I like all that. And and Bendis's parry is still good. And his, you know, the interpersonal stuff's all there. And it was good seeing, uh, what is it, Melanie, not uh, the firefighter. Yeah, Melody. More. Yeah. Melody Moore. It was good to see her again because that was the last time I was wondering where she's been. It'd been a while. Um, it's been we had the fire department yeah. showing up for something. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that stuff's good, but you have the JRJR art, which makes it kind of hard to read because the way that he does his breakdowns, and there's so many lines. I know maybe it's just me that it was hard to stay focused on what the actual story was. Um, and then you get, you get that bookend that's going on with what's going on with the doom war stuff. And it just, 
it doesn't feel connected to anything. Yeah. The, and you could, I could, it, it, this is the first time I've really felt editorial <clears throat> interfering into Bendis's books. You know, the opening for me, like one of, one of my big things, I always say that I always completely forget what happens in books until I start reading the next mm-hmm. one. And it's usually the first couple of pages that go, oh yeah, that's, it all clicks back in my memory what the last issue was. But because this opens with this weird thing in the future where like Batman's in a mech suit and uh, Wonder Woman's yep. there and they're getting their asses kicked by the Legion of Doom, I was like, wait, how did the last issue end? I was like confused. I was like, what happened last issue? I don't remember any of this crap. Yeah. And then it you know, cuts back three days earlier and we were going back to kind of where we were. I'm like, okay, all right, okay. So I, I haven't missed anything. It was just doing a weird future thing. Um, yeah, I feel like the whole year of the villain thing is infected this in a way that I hate when tie-ins do, where it feels like it's kind of... De- and it does it in this way, and it's not just this book. That There's multiple books this week and this month yeah. that feel like they're trying to establish that all these storylines and all the individual books are happening at the exact same time as Justice League, which makes yeah. no sense whatsoever. Like, None. I think we always just have to... to- Counting to that, there is something in Flash, we'll get to that later, that kind of maybe says these things aren't all happening at once weirdly yeah but with flash we'll, we'll, we'll get to there um yeah we can talk about that when we get I, there, there yeah. there's a theory i have with that because normally we have to headcan a little bit so okay we've got all these books at the same time but we want a batman a detective alongside a justice league that has batman in it so we just kind of accept that okay this arc probably happens before that arc in the other book and it's just kind of you just shift them all into place this, this event this the all these tie-ins are going out of their way to make it impossible to try and explain any of it <laughs> by having everything happen with a symbol in the sky and like Superman in this book is talking to Lois about dealing with both Leviathan and the Invisible Mafia and how they're facing off against each other and right. I'm not gonna lie I didn't really understand the ending if I'm honest see see when they both look at each other and go okay what do they ha- what, what does the Invisible Mafia and Leviathan both want from Metropolis and then they both at the same time go Luther as if it's a eureka moment and I have to be honest I kind of went okay I, what do you mean yeah expand I on did that the same thing because <laughs> Leviathan had nothing to do with Luther she's had nothing to do with Luther except for Red Cloud, right? Being upset that mm-hmm. whatever he gave her amped her up that took her off the board and forced Leon's hand. Um, or Leon's hand. I mean, yeah. My, my guess it is. It feels like a mess. My guess is that both want him out of the picture. Leviathan, because he's like the next. I mean, he's not a criminal organization, but he's kind of the next in line right. in terms of taking out. And then Leon and the Invisible Mafia, who, who we seem, who seem to have, you know burn down their own headquarters after uh, what's happened um or or leviathan did that it's like kind of unclear it's kind of intentionally like we don't know which one is which uh, it seems like it may be leviathan because leviathan tech was used to get superman out of the way uh, to go and deal with something in gorilla city as what happens in the book but like so yeah all i can think of is that both want to get rid of lex so they're both sort of coming to metropolis at the same time right. um how that plays into lex being you know, hear religion of doom in three days time, other than just tying into justice league. Yeah. And I don't also get the, why, why is Luther suddenly a problem for Leviathan when they've been so careful about who they take off the board and when, you know, 
because I, I just I, I can't know. imagine in my head thinking about the story in Justice League unless there's some sort of weird time jump where all this stuff could have happened where in right. that story in Justice League there's time for Superman to be doing all this stuff and then having the Trinity with him to fight the Legion of Doom in yeah. the middle of Metropolis if you think about what's going on in Justice League and how it's built up to this big final fight that's just hitting from mm-hmm. last issue like wh- when did this happen like wh- when when did any of this happen yeah well and then Leviathan teleports him to Gorilla City, right? Where someone has flipped Gorilla City now that they're they they don't want to play ball, you know? Yeah, um, I, I guess that has to be Doom and like them coming succumbing to Doom. I guess. I I guess that wasn't very clear. Um, this, so yeah, this sounds like the ever it's, consistent problem of editorial mandated tie-ins. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not. Well, I'm and not, and I, that's I, the thing is that that. When when Bendis is tied in, right? It's his own stuff, right? Is he he tied Superman in with Legion? Oh yeah, and he, he's Thorn. Be- Bendis knows you know, how to weave his three or four books right. into a shared, you know, cohesive right. universe. The last two issues of, of action, we've had Naomi pop in there, and yeah. it all flowed really well. Oh yeah, this is the first time it felt like. I'm I'm not blaming Bendis it's for this though. That this feels like no, no editorials. Like, no, this has to be year of the villain stuff. So make yeah. sure year of the villain things are but happening. I, I don't think any of the writers are at fault. I don't think you know as much as I, I you know I don't enjoy Bendis. I wouldn't blame him for this. I haven't blamed no. any of the individual writers for the tie-ins. I don't blame Snyder or or, or Tynan for setting it up in Justice League because I don't think it was their call to. No. Hey, let's get everyone doing it. However, early editorial went. We're running with this. However, I will blame Williamson when we get to Flash. Because <laughs> it seems to be... Again, it's all about precedent. And thus far, Bendis has shown that he's adept at weaving in and out oh, yeah. of things. If, if this is someone's first so. episode of this show, let me make it, make it clear. Me and Matt have been doing nothing but praising uh, Bendis' yep. action since it started. This is yep. the most negative they've been. Like, yeah. By far. Yeah. By far. Well, and again, the story here with, with Leon and the Daily Planet and Clark... And all of this is really good. Oh, I said, yeah, the best part of the book is when they're just sort of verbally sparring and he's trying to interview yeah. her. Like, that's the best part of the book, for sure. Yeah. So, and then you get the fun stuff with, with uh, Jimmy and Trish Q. And he goes, I'm Jimmy Olsen. She's like, yeah, you know, you've introduced yourself to me like 47 times. Um, so I, there's all that fun banter stuff. And that's good. I just, the beginning and end and, and the Leviathan stuff not making sense with the Doom. And yeah, it just reeks of editorial. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess if you're going to put GRGR on an action comics issue or two, it may as well be this one. <laughs> just no. because and again, it's already a mess. I so. don't want to... JRJR starts not for me. Uh, however, it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Maybe because I went in with such low expectations. <clears throat> you know? Like, it's not great, but it wasn't terrible. Um, I mean, I, the one thing I'll compliment with JRGR is I think his layouts for action are really good. How, how his action flows from panel to panel has always been quite good. Yeah. It's just his actual art of people and faces that I hate. Yeah. 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 He, was, um, he was okay on Silencer because that was so yeah. much action. Sure. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, and she wore a mask a lot of the time. So. Yeah, so it wasn't a face, face. It was like that, a, that helped a lot. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, so Action Comics 1017 is kind of a, a rough issue. Um, I I have complete faith that after another issue or two, it'll be back to normal. Um, I just I but because we don't even get to this conflict yet, that's three days in the future by the end of the issue, it means that there's going to be at least one more issue of this. Uh, so it means I'm not really looking forward yeah. to the next one. But hopefully, by the time we get to 
119 or 120 we're back to normal and... you can look forward to it next year <laughs> yes yes well, well okay yeah that be even the next issue might actually be next year I, I can't remember if that's one that's getting put forward a week or not coming out to the first week of january i'm just a no that's a good point so it may be next year the next issue yeah yeah you're right so your joke is invalid god damn it <laughs> <laughs> bloody december um yeah i'm, I'm good matt we, we, we give it a... <laughs> i'm gonna give this a six that's only because of the great high <laughs> that's that's basically me going this is more like a four but i'm gonna give it a six just to stay on brand huh yeah I, i'm gonna give it a straight five um there's parts of the bender story in there in the middle that i like um but yep. the art i hate the bookend i hate and some of the clashing story stuff from the other things is just kind of getting really really murky mm-hmm. so uh hopefully uh, we don't spend too much time on this plot line and we can you know get yeah. back to well, normal and i also feel like he had to make a deal that in order to not do the year of the villain stuff in superman he had to do this in action instead because remember there was that whole delay yeah that's true yeah maybe so, um maybe that's the benefit of this is that superman will remain unscathed for a little bit yep so yeah Okay, well, that'll take us out of the flash then. Issue 83, Joshua Williamson, rating with Rafa Sandoval on art. Uh, uh, two positive books to start the show. I know, right? right. It's, it's so weird not having Wonder Woman. We've had Wonder Woman, like, consistently, more or less. Well, that's not true. We dropped it during Robinson's run for a while, but... Yeah. So, this is definitely a mirror world, right? They're definitely not in actual Central City. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, either that, or it's literally just central cities in a mirror like that's, dome or something yeah yeah, yeah that's that, that was the like, point they're... where they went oh yeah time and reality are just broken i went mm-hmm. all right fine <laughs> whatever so if this wasn't so close to what i feel is the end i would probably quit this book because it's not being fun to read i think do you know what is the key difference between this and uh, i know i'm, I'm going to uh, compare it to king's uh. batman is uh, you know, there, there was a point, maybe ten issues or so ago, where I went, I kind of want to quit, but I am, I know I'm close to the end because it mm-hmm. always, it always been a hundred, and then it was like, okay, eighty five actually on on this title. Right. So I thought I'll stick it out. With this, we don't actually know. There's yeah. no hard like, oh, it's a hundred issues like we've known with Batman for a long yeah. time. So you say, oh, it feels like we're close to the end, but God maybe knows not. what it actually is. We could go one hundred and fifty <sighs> for all we know. I don't think it will. I think it will probably be about 100. I, I think when we get to, like, middle of next year, we're going to start to hear about, you know, when it's wrapping up. You, you mean something and, on that 5G sort of line yeah. for, for 2021? I, yeah, feel like, yeah, I, I, I feel like Williamson's run will probably end just before that that happens. That, mm-hmm. That'd be my guess well, at this point. I'm, I'm going to give it one more issue because I didn't like anything in this issue. Oh, you're actually considering dropping um, it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's not fun to read. And I like Williamson a lot. Uh, Flash is one of my favorite heroes. I want to be excited for that book. You know, I'll I'll still hate read Batman, but I will I refuse to hate read Superman or Flash. You know, it's, uh, um, it's been a long time since Matt's you know been like, oh, I don't want to read Flash to that extent because yeah. Matt yeah. loves Flash. And, you know, and, 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 it was yeah, it was, it was called Vendetti. That was that was the last time. Well, it, yeah. it was. It, you know. Um, but just here, Cold's still not... I don't like his characterization. 
there, there's a little bit of a shine through of him in the beginning where he talked about he never wanted to be a king, but now it and suits him. And I was like, but but now it's great. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, ah, oh, dude, he, this is a villain. Why I like Colt so much? He's a villain with values, you know, and that's kind of rare. Uh, and now he's just like every other villain, and you know, and then the stuff with Golden Glider. I still don't know what her powers are. She used to just be able to move fast, right? A little bit. Glide, you may say. That... She could glide. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, but now she's definitely phasing through walls mm-hmm. and stuff, which. And got Ragman esque rag yeah. powers. <laughs> I, I don't know. And like, I'm just tired of the Speed Force being a, a plot device. Because this is now what? Since the end of Flash War. So, was that issue 50? Give or take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, now, now we're, we're, what, 23 issues on? 33. That's being used as a, huh? 33. 33, jeez. I'm terrible <laughs> at math. Um, it's even it's worse right. than I thought. I, I had to explain why, 30, uh, why 33 take away 9 was 24 to uh, my, my supervisor earlier this week. It was a 15-minute argument as why it was 24 and not 22, even after a calculator showed us the answer. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, geez. Don't don't feel too bad, Matt. Yeah, it's 33, or as the Irish would say, dirty tree. Yeah, dirty tree. That's how Finn Balor says it. Yeah, dirty tree. That's what you're saying for 33 in Irish. Um, So, so, but yeah, I'm tired of that. The whole thing with Flash not being able to remove the, the collar... Yeah, he's, he's got a, he's got a meta dampener collar yeah. on his neck, and get later breaks him out of the ice heights. It's called the ice heights now, and right. they get into the city. There's like big ice wolves. Which no, before we get there, there's like those the, the guard the robot ice things. Mechs. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So which which I like is you see how he creates them by using the mirror masters tech. You know he's, he's yeah the he's wolves. Like a, it, it feels yeah. like just though that. Eh, we want some ice wolves. Let's do ice wolves. Yes. Yeah, and, and and that's fine. I get that. I understand all that concept there, and and it gives you know him him saying that his sister was always afraid of dogs, shouldn't sick wolves after him. I was like, okay, that's a proper villain, and, you know, and and so, whatnot. You know, it kind of, kind of. Williamson, I'm I'm realizing having read so much of his Flash now, he kind of suffers from it's one of the things that I think Snyder suffers from. And he just throws out all these big ideas without really building to them. And yep. I don't think he reads like Snyder. I think there's definitely a difference in the writing. I, I think yeah. Williamson mm. isn't as wordy and doesn't kind of bog down yep. the details as much. But uh, the the core problem I have where I don't feel like it would build up to some of these big ideas, which honestly, the, the city being like an ice glass mirror world and like it being kind of like almost Flash's version of like No Man's Land, but like with, mm-hmm. you know, this that could have been okay if yeah. it didn't just come out of nowhere. Right. Yeah, I, I could have been into that, you know. And and oddly, I feel like Snyder would have suited this concept better in that he's very uh, methodical in explaining these things. Yep. Uh, Matt, your mic's going. Uh, so I feel like I'd, I'd have actually enjoyed that more in, in this concept with Snyder's style of, of uh, explaining uh, and going, going through it. Uh, whereas this just kind of, I, I don't really understand what, What's going on still? How much time's passed? What what the hell are the rules here? Um, oh, I mean, I'll give it this. I kind of like the uh, the the sort of the the, the winter variants on the costumes that Avery and Kid Flash yeah. have. <laughs> that's cool. 
as a stale. Yeah, but so their suits aren't tied to the Speed Force. Apparently not. Yeah. No. So. Well, to be fair, a good job. Otherwise, they wouldn't be wearing them, would they? Well, to be right, fair, uh, only Wally's ever was. Oh, that's right. Well, Wally's yeah. the only one who can make a suit out of a Speed Force. Everyone else has actual suits that were, you know. That's right. Made. Yeah. So, oh man. So that's not a plot hole in this this sense. It's convenient no, that not... Wally's not here. Is 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 what yeah. Matt's saying? <laughs> while, yeah, he's, while he's running through the street naked. That's <laughs> <laughs> why. So that's really why he went to sanctuary because he just broke. <laughs> it has nothing to do with missing his family. He just he likes the the crisp air. <laughs> um, yeah, man, this just makes me sad. Yeah. So basically, what happens is these big uh, ice wolves or glass ice wolves that uh, Captain Cold has created to Miramaster's tech mixed with Luther's tech. Is that he sends them after Flash, and the only option they have is to maybe remove the collar that might have a detonation, which it does. It explodes, and Barry has this weird thing where he seems to be phasing in, in and out of different time periods and possibly yep. even worlds. Uh, we see him in like Commandy's time. We see him in like space. We see him in like sort of the future somewhere. Um, it looks like the future from. Uh... The, the the evil Tim that we got in, yeah. in Detective. Yeah, yeah looks like that sort of feature. Um, and then uh, Wallace puts the, the collar back on and says, no, you have to keep the collar on because the speed force is not safe to use. Like, it's unstable or something. Um, Just, it's too dangerous. Yeah, so we end that, that's where we end the issue with a big career. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll give it this. It's easy enough to read. It's not like a shorty get-through in the way no. that it, it's not difficult to follow or anything like that. It's just unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just feels like it's going from one sequence of events to another with no narrative flow or reason or yeah. care. So that yeah. kind of sucks, but that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I'll keep reading that. I like. I'm too far in now at this point to, like, see. See if it was like a really wordy book that took me twenty minutes to read every every time. I'd probably be a lot more harsh and like, you know, the thought of dropping it, but. As it is, I'm happy enough to just squeeze it in because it's easy enough to read um, and talk about it and hopefully And, and you've got up. your 750 coming up. Yeah, which we're going to do. We're going to do the whole big special bonus episode on it because that's right. 1,000 and whatnot. Which if I do stop reading, I'll come back for that. Cause yeah, because most of it, because we're doing Wonder Woman. We're not, none of us are reading that because right. Wonder Woman no. 750 is going to be mostly, you know, Greg Rucka right. and, and whoever else. Usually when I drop stuff, it's because I don't have time. This is not even a time thing. This is just like, I'm not enjoying it and it makes me sad and i don't like to feel sad but oh it's a nice bonus still right one book less i don't know yeah, that is a bonus yeah you know but yeah we'll, we'll see so i always say that and they never he, he, he always caves and just gets the next issue anyway yeah yeah he, he probably will which I, I did with uh, uh lobdell superman until i couldn't take it anymore <laughs> uh, which lasted three issues until johns came on with jrjr and then Vendetti Flash, which I stopped reading until Rebirth, and then felt nice to have flashback, and now here we are all over again. Do you know, I have to admit, I'm actually kind of looking to this uh, fifth generation thing, not not because I necessarily want like characters to reboot or like change or anything like that, but just because I feel like we are due for that big lane wide kind of here's the new initiative. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where I don't need it to be as severe as what it sounds like it's going to be with changing everyone who's in the cowls and and such. But, 
line wide, shot in the arm. Here's the new teams on all the books. Everyone's had their fair share of their runs. You, you know, if if there's anyone who started relatively recently, sure they can carry on. Like, for example, Tynan on Batman, he'll have had like a year tops. Mm-hmm. If he if he wants to carry on with the with the next phase of Batman and just carry on that run, fair enough. Tynan will have had like three to four. Uh, sorry, sorry, Williamson will have had like three to four years on Flash by that point. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, sure. If someone else wants to go, it's about time that they, they can have a turn. I don't know. It's, it's good for them. It renews interest. Hell, it's good for the podcast. It renews interest in the podcast because all of a sudden there's all these people who are kind of drawn in again because there's a new big thing happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but hey, uh, Flash is in a really mediocre place right now. Um, and I think, yeah, Matt, will you give it up? I'm going to give this a six. <laughs> no. I'm giving this a 4.5. I'm angry. <laughs> Connor? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a, a 4. I think um, on top of all the story problems that we've talked about, Sandoval's art still doesn't suit Barry. Even even when he's not using his speed power, speed powers, like that first yeah, page of uh, Barry chained up just mm. looks kind of rough. I, I just really hate how he draws Barry. I'll give it a 5. I'm two books selling. I've given two fives. I'm not happy. <laughs> Good week, folks. Uh, excellent week. And uh, I'll take us on to Shazam! Issue 8. Uh, Jeff Johns rating with Scott Collins on the art. So we've got a bit of a wait, flash. Wait. Only one artist? Yes. I'm shocked. I thought he was correcting me there. I, 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 was like, I think so. Yeah. But, uh, no, uh, no, I, I didn't read it, remember. Uh, um, but just shocked that, that we're back to one artist on the book. Yeah, it's a notably different artist from all the other ones that we had before. <laughs> yeah. So, just real quick, mm-hmm. do you guys like where this is heading? He didn't read it. <sighs> I didn't read the last one. I, I, the, the delays just kind of was too much. Pete, do you like where this is going? Um, because I don't. Well, and and the, and the context of the the idea that there's a seventh champion, because obviously right now we have six. Yes. Uh, I like that. Right. And there's a possible seventh champion. Right now, the end of this issue kind of teases that the seventh one um, could be Billy's father because we see him in like a yellow, like a, it's all, almost a reverse color. is a yellow and red uh, right. outfit at the end. Should that? <laughs> he's been thinking uh, of that all week. I don't think he's uh, a real seventh. I, I think this is a fake okay. out. I, I think we're getting okay. an, an actual seventh at some point. All right. You're making me feel better because if this is where it's going, Actually, it's that trite. Hey Matt, you know, they, they they do bring the tiger back with them, the talking tiger. He could be the if seventh. It's talk, if it's talking Tony, great. I don't like the idea that Billy's dad can go right and show up, and then suddenly Billy wants to share the power with him because we we've learned that he has to want to share the power. It's not something that he can just giveaway yeah it well, doesn't work that way but the impression i get from this issue though is that he's not consciously made that choice it's just that his mind is muddled because this this family member's back in his life and it, it sort of happens subconsciously that his dad right. you know gets connected to the power when some yeah. of the kids get disconnected did, however this issue made me think of the movie so much because mm. i feel it shares a lot of the the beats of the climax of of the movie sure with with Black Adam and Savannah there and whatnot. Um, uh, 
but yeah, we, we get to the end. So through, throughout, it's it's Billy going across the different lands, and uh, uh, just the one, really. I mean, well, yeah, but he, he's he's collecting the the you know, and we Sorry, see it sounded like what? hot. Uh, it sounded like hot fuzz then. Well, <laughs> you were just oh. the one, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we oh. see we see that each. So the the wizard explains to Eugene and Pedro and and you know with the white rabbit there. Yeah, so, so yeah, so they're in the they're in the Wazenderlands, right? Right. So they're they're right. in there. He's explaining that something's up with the the powers and Billy's heart's divided. Um, mm-hmm. Mary's back with the foster parents in the real right. world on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Darla and Freddy are in the Darklands, which is where Billy also is. So Billy finds right. them after having a bit of a conversation with this deceased Captain Marvel, who tries to trick him into helping him. Um, yeah, which which they also the White Rabbit calls that. Or I think it's the White Rabbit or the Wizard calls the 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 Darklands like the the tricksters. Yeah, right. So right, right there, you have something to 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 think about. And um, but yeah, and he's all I could think of was Dead Man as sure, just uh, just the tone and whatnot uh, there. But so each we find out that each of the you know when you split the powers is meant to sit on the throne to each of these lands. And so it was a really cool spread of each one of the family members. So you have like Darla with the animals, right? Uh, which makes sense because mm-hmm. in her characters. Um, you, I remember you had... Um, I got to pull it up now. And you have, you got Freddy in the fun lands by the looks of it. Um, right. You got Mary in the in the Wazender. Yeah, you got uh, Billy's in the real world. Uh, you Eugene got, in the game. Eugene in the games. Pedro's in the Darklands. Yep. Yeah. And then the seventh, we don't know. That'll be the one that was uh, crossed off. Remember, there was one in the, yeah. the station that was like, right? Can't go in there. Destroyed. That'll be that one. Right, which I thought was the, uh, which I thought was was the 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 monsters, right? Hmm. So, um, well, I mean, because that's the thing. So we have Savannah and Black Adam and Savannah is trying to convince Black Adam to work with him and Mr. Mind to get these secret society of, uh, monsters, you know, whatever. And Black Adam's kind of reluctantly going along with it. He's not really happy. He tries to fight them. Mm -hmm. Um, but they give him the, uh, seven deadly sins, the, the sort of the monsters Mm -hmm. that we've had before in the book. Uh, well, I say the book, it was, there was, you know, there's the rebirth, the uh, the new 52. Yeah. But that was the first part of the story, right? This is right. a sequel to that. No, it was. And yeah. then and the one way to the movie, that's why I said it reminds yeah. me so much of, of what happens in yeah. the climax there. So, um, but at the end of the book, Savannah and Mr. Main do have a moment with each other where, like, oh, he doesn't, we, we haven't told him the real plan and what we're actually going to do to him. Because they, they promise they can bring, like, his son and wife back and they, they promise him all sorts and, of things. Yeah, and he, he talks about Isis and yeah. Osiris. And I was like, oh man, that's new 50, no, 52. That's uh, 52. 52, yeah, not, uh, not the new 50, yeah, just that 52. 52. <laughs> right. Um, and you got uh, Darla and Freddy are with uh, the tiger, and uh, Billy finds them, brings them back home. So, you know, a lot of them are back home, uh, mm-hmm. and basically Billy has to go and save his dad because Black Adam's going to fight him with uh, the seven deadly sins. Um, so we get a bit of an action scene. Um, and, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Scott Collins' art. It's not quite the style that this book was before, though. No. But I do like, you know, his work on Flash he, and his work with John's before. Yeah, he works with John's really well. So you can tell that John's just trusts him because 
it's going to end up being okay. I just, the, the Darkland stuff looked really good under Collins. Oh, it did, yeah, because like, it's it, all black and white in the background, just, yeah. just, just Shazam's in color, yeah. Right, it reminded me of Hammer Horror stuff and Tim Burton. And, and Schindler's List. Yeah, well, not that far, <laughs> Pete. <laughs> but you're all right, there's black and white and red. <laughs> um, no, I bring that up. we learned on... Which we learned on Watchmen. Yeah, I was, was going to say, it's been on yeah. my mind because a couple of episodes ago in Watchmen, they revealed it in this Watchmen universe because of what happened in New York and the Watchmen story. Um, Steven Spielberg never made Schindler's List. He made a nope. movie about the giant squid and it was named after the band that was playing in Madison Square Garden that right. night. But she describes a scene and she talks about this this little girl in a red coat, but it's all in okay. black and white, but you can see the red coat. And I'm like, oh, this is Schindler's List, but instead yeah. of Schindler's List. <laughs> yep. Which I, yeah, I really enjoyed um but yeah so uh, it looked, all that stuff looked really good um the uh, the action the seven deadly sins their personifications look properly creepy under collins so i just while i wouldn't have picked him for the art it he works with john so well it's hard to find fault in it mm-hmm. outside of stylistic you know also, concerns collins is a, is a relatively quick artist yeah that too yeah, <laughs> he can hit the, he can hit the deadlines we've seen yeah. that uh, yeah, over over many years. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just hoping that Shaz Shaz uh, Shadad isn't. Shadad. Take me a second. Isn't the end game? Because if it is, I'm going to be kind I, of disappointed. I don't think it is. I think we're telling the story. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's part eight of like whatever this arc is. I mm-hmm. assume this is a twelve issue story overall. But yeah, um, I'm not. I don't. Think this is the end game. I think the lesson, whatever lesson Billy's going to learn and sort of make his choice by the end. Yeah. I don't think this is it. I, I think that, we're, that's. That's been my favorite occurrence of, you know, Shazam under Johns is the, the ability to share the power like that. Like it's, that was always there. Like that's how Mary got her powers and Freddie, but the fact that he can whittle it down, um, you know, uh, I just, so I just felt like it would be something bigger and I just, I just hope he's not going with his dad just because his dad's here, you know, again, cause you don't know this guy. He'd be a bad guy. We don't know. No, I, I wouldn't worry about it, Matt. I, I don't. Th- this is not the end game of this story. Okay. This, this is, this is not the end of the story. So, I, Billy- I really hope the listeners are paying attention to that clip, just in case. Why? Just, just in case. In, in, in a few months, that is the end oh, game. Yeah. So we can just play that back for him. <laughs> <laughs> this won't be the end game. The end game is not Billy's dad's going to be the seventh along with him. And on, the only way I could see that happening is if the seventh does get trapped in this other verse and it never can be seen again. So he's, he's kind of an unseen seventh. In that which case, it'd be fine because it doesn't really matter. It's a sacrificial role. <laughs> Dad, I've never got to see you, and you never will get to see me. Goodbye, Billy. And then we never talk about it again. Yeah, if, if it's like a negative thing where the whoever takes the seventh role has to kind yeah. of like be abandoned to this, see, this realm, then it's fine. I definitely fine. feel that I've read enough Johns to know that the land itself isn't bad. It's been mischaracterized by Mr. Mind. And that when once it's reopened, then we'll have, you know. But I, see, I almost feel like it's going to be Adam, you know, because he's always been a frenemy to Billy. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't worry about it. I think you're worrying okay. too much, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you giving the issue? I'll give it a 7.5. Yeah, I'll agree with the 7.5. Yeah. Uh, it's good. 
maybe doesn't quite scratch the great itch, but it's good. Much better than the last yep. two things I read. So, uh, there you go. That's Shazam. So that'll take us on then to Justice League Dark, issue 17, James Tynan IV, writing with Javier Fernandez on the art. Uh, take it away. So, Connor, do you get a chance to read this, or is it just me? No, no, I've read it. I'm good. Uh, oh, good, good, good. Um, so we get the origin of Cersei here, which, you know, I'm always a fan of Greek mythology. Yeah, it starts, it starts interestingly, because, you, you know, you, you see... What is Cersei kind of you know on the, the like the marble steps under you know like one right. of those Greek style pillars, yeah. and um, you know and and the the narrations talking about you know uh, un, under the light of the moon you know the the she was you know the the daughter of the uh, daughter of the sun is I think what they called, mm-hmm. and it's this this you know obvious parallel with with Diana in that right. you know uh, you know Zeus being a sky god uh, and, right. and, and such. Um, so it kind of plays that up uh, really heavily at first. Um, yeah. It actually doesn't, even though you know it's Cersei, it doesn't actually tell you until a few pages in. No, but I could kind of knowing what I know from the Odyssey and her yeah. exile, right? So basically, she's this you know beautiful woman. Uh, they they partner up with a, a powerful prince, and but uh, turns out that he was a bit of a scumbag, and so she killed him because he. Uh, was yeah. a brute and a drunk and a liar. And then she's uh, an animal. And then she gets exiled, or yep. she runs, depending on which version of the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah so she yeah. runs and she takes a ship and she sails until she can't sail anymore. Where the an island appears and, and Hecate's there, and she makes basically this Faustian bargain about with with Hecate that you know she'll she'll take the witch mark. In addition, you know, yeah. in trade for power, she'll bear one one fifth of Hecate's soul, mm-hmm. um, which is, is an interesting number given that Hecate's usually in in threes. Three, so it's, right. it's, it's so it's interesting. There's a fifth and not a sixth, right? So, um, so she takes it, and then we see, you know, the whole her turning people into to or men into animals, like in the Odyssey. Um, yeah, and the the horror. Mm-hmm. Of, the, of it is really played up here. It looks yeah, fantastic. Like you know, they're still in like you know these robes and they're, they're contorting and twisting into like right. goats and cows and stuff. Sheep's yeah, yeah. And, when I, and then and it cuts to Diana, who we know is is Cersei's inhabiting her body. Yeah, because of the you know the whole black diamond. And we get a fun moment with with her Zatanna and Fate um, about is it safe to touch the diamond? So she pockets it, and then. Uh, Eclipse starts talking to her, and she goes, "Hello there, little one." And I, yeah. I not that I forgot, but I had space that this wasn't Diana from the last issue. And you're like, and I was that's like, weird. Yeah, that's really weird. Um, yeah. And then he automatically realizes what's going on, right? Yeah, he kind of chuckles. Right. Uh, so then we we up to the, you know, the rest of them where they've sedated, uh, Mambat, and and Bobo is. Um, Basically, like, where, where have you guys been? We needed you. What took so long? Um, and I like Khalid's also like, I've never, I never want to see anything with that many mouths again. Like, it left him scarred. But yeah. Constantine knows what's up. And basically, it's like, he seemed possessed. Like, that wasn't our, yeah, our guy. No, like, you can see the spell in the eyes. Mm-hmm. There's something there. Um, right. And we're going to have to sort this out. Yeah. And then... Uh, you know, uh, Detective Shim shows them what's left of Swamp Thing. Yeah, and and, and he, he comes over to Diana specifically. It's like, hey, you know, we, yep. we should probably let the le- rest of the league know about this situation because 
this war that we were thought we were preparing for, we're kind of already fighting it. You know, and, and, and Swamp Thing's dead. And she just replies with, well, shame to lose such a powerful ally. Yeah, maybe, right. maybe, maybe try Jason Blood. Right. And then he's like, yeah, good thinking. I'll get right on it. And then he pulls everyone else aside. He's like, look, that ain't her. Whatever happened down there, y'all came back with someone that's not Diana. Um, yeah. It's a Tanner he's done to it. And she's like, all right, okay. You put a spell on her right now. Make it so she right. can't move, so she can't do anything. Right. We need to get yeah. ahead of this. And she tries, and that's where, you know, Cersei reveals herself. This, It looks properly scary, you know. she's. Yeah. You see the red, like the flame coming up out of her hair. Uh, it looks uh, so good. And you know, yep. and she uses the, the backwards magic against Satana and, and removes right. her mouth so she can't <laughs> which, speak. Which gets an ah hell out of Bobo, which I yeah. thought was good. Bobo um, charges, and he just gets turned into a regular chimp. chimp. Right. Um... But yeah, it's looking bad, and so fate tries, and she brings in her Injustice League Dark. Yep. And they kind of mop the floor with them, um, except for here with Constantine at midnight, where he goes, "You look like shit, John." He's like, "Well, you... <laughs> yeah, well, you like always him. look like shit, midnight." Which I, <laughs> again, I get, I understand the appeal of Constantine, yeah, because right? of moments like that. Um, but as great as that moment is, it doesn't. Compared to the next, where Zatanna oh cuts um, herself a new mouth. Uh, I was, because I, I had, for whatever reason, skipped over this book this week, so I was reading yep. it while these two were doing their wrestling talk. So yep. if there are any yep. patrons who watch that, you can see me react to this moment yep. <laughs> as they're talking, because yep. she just grabs a knife and cuts open a hole in her mm -hmm. face so that her mouth's there again. Yep. And it's visceral and gory. It's fantastic. Yep. And they basically, they have to retreat. Um, and um, what we go through? Yeah, they're, they're so, gonna burn them out. Yeah, they're running away, and the you know uh, Cersei and, and her league are, are chasing yeah. them through their their their, their base. Um, mm -hmm. We see a, a, a little bit then of, of Diana inside the uh, the Moon World. Uh, right. I can't the actual name for it. The collective unconscious. That was it. Witchfire. Yeah, she's like, oh, there must be a way to get back. And it was like, well, which I was like, yeah, well, you know, can't get any worse. Nope. And, and then who shows who up? should show up? The upside down man. Yeah, it says and it can always get worse. Well, see, now I'm feeling like what we know about what Tynan's doing with the Batman Who Laughs is I feel like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm. And I feel like upside down man who wants revenge on Hecate right because that was yeah. his he's the dark universe version of hecate right yeah so i i just feel like he's she's gonna have to make a deal with him oh very much so and the the next time does say yeah. a deal with the devil yeah uh and i think it's it's clear where this is going uh in, yeah. a, in a very good way and in a very satisfying mm -hmm. way of oh, yeah. you know, having to compromise her morals like that and just yeah. to get out of this place right so but yeah, yeah. Solid, solid, solid issue. I mean, the I, Yeah, I, I love this issue because obviously all the time we're saying, you know, Cersei's walking around with her, you know, in, in Justice League Dark, but it's Diana's body. It's it's Wonder right. Woman leading this visually. Um, right. She's got the, you know, the, the, the witch mark and a few other little effects, but it's mm -hmm. it still looks like Wonder Woman. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and, and I've, in all my years reading comics, I've seen people neutralize Zatanna. I've never seen Zatanna fight back this way. No, I've I've never seen 
I've, I've never seen her take a knife and cut a no. hole in her face. So she can talk. Um, that was yeah. new. No, which it made me think of Harry Potter when Snape's trying to teach him how to duel yeah. uh, silently. And this is all I thought of is, is Zatanna, you got to learn to do this stuff without talking. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, solid issue. The art by Fernandez is, is really good. Uh, that's um, top notch stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, the way that he plays with the shadows, the, the how stuff looks properly monstrous in, in parts. Uh, yeah, and it's it's yeah. very much a, a an issue of two halves because mm-hmm. uh, you have like the eight or so page uh, opening sequence, which is yep. you know the, the the origin story, and um, I love the, the the colors in that are all muted uh, until like there are all these kind of, like, kind of dull greens and blues, very yep. soft, until you get to Cersei with the powers. And it's all bright red, and it's it's horror is comes out, and uh, and the present day is mostly a little bit brighter, it, it, you know, it, yeah. it, it just a little bit, um, not much, but again, right. once well, everything kicks off, it it comes alive again. Yeah, that first section is all about moonlight because that's where Hecate, you know, yeah. draws her power from, and whatnot. So the art and the story do a really good job at driving that back. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of purples in the second half mm-hmm. because of the, yep. the black diamond, but uh, right. it looks great. Yeah, someone's definitely getting eclip- uh, possessed by Eclipsa, right? Oh yeah. So oh, to absolutely. fight that, it's it's just a question yeah. of of who. Which which might lead to a problem because we've already seen this when they fought uh, Naboo, right? Where they had to become mm-hmm. the Lords of Chaos. So. Yes, yeah, I, I think this is a little bit different in that it's making a deal with Eclipso rather than controlling it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will just be presumably just the one of them. Right. Uh, so if you had a bet, who's who's taking it? Um, I think, well, uh, Diana's off the table. Right. I, I don't think Zatanna. I, I think it could be one of the fates because we've got two of them here. We've got Kelly right. and, and Kent. Uh, so I I think we could do one of those. I feel that it has to be Zatanna because of her father and mm, the stuff okay. that he put into... He's put the stuff into motion. It could be, yeah. So... Yeah. But yeah. All right, what's your rating it? Uh, I'm giving it 8.5. Uh, oh. This is great. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go slightly below. I'm going to give it an 8. But it is it is really, really good. So far, the, the best book of the, the week for me. <laughs> yeah. The praise... My my. To be fair, it was a great book. Uh, even on a good week, this would be a good book. Yeah. Okay. Alto's out back, girl. Forty-one. Cecil Castellucci rating with Carmine DJ Domenico on the art, and this continues on. Uh, Bab's got uh, thrown out into the fire or out the window, whatever it was last issue. Into the water. Yeah, and she lands in the water. Um. The terrible trio, or the two of them that are there anyway, because obviously Vulture's right. got the the electric eye, the Borg guy, or yeah. off somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the two that are there are like, ah, she's no way she could survive that. And even though, even though Oracle's like doing readings and scans, and there's no life signs for you know X number of meters, she's like, mm-hmm. yes, it's not conclusive though. She could still be out there, uh, wisely assuming that maybe she survived. But um, basically, she's playing it by the smart rules of, we need a body. Yeah, we need a body. So. Right. The issue, uh, there are some babs looking around. We see her in the water. We see her sort of getting uh, almost drowning, getting picked up. Leslie Tompkins kind of grabs her and sends her to the hospital as a Jane Doe. 
and uh, you know so on and so on. We see her get up at the end, and obviously she goes on the run at the end when Oracle shows up to grab her. Mm-hmm. Most of the issue though is Oracle with the trio, um, trying to plan for what they're doing next. The city, you know, the city of Burnside or the the suburb of Burnside, Burnside, whatever it is, yeah. uh, being in chaos, fires everywhere still. Uh, Jason's coming back from a uh, whatever event that uh, Alejo's in in Washington, right. and. Um, he's trying to look for Babs, which actually makes up a lot of the issue. He ends up running to Frankie and actually kind of teams up with Oracle. And I assume he's just kind of going along with it to yeah. betray her uh, later on. Because uh, they're really playing this he cares about Babs angle, but he really hates Batgirl. Uh, which I'm sure is going to come to a delightful head when he finds out that she's one of the same. Uh, it's only a matter of time, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's the gist of the issue. Uh, you know, how did you feel about it? So I like the through line of Babs is that the she created Oracle when she felt useless and it gave her purpose again. And she's going to be damned if she's going to let Luther twist her purpose. And I really like that and what Oracle means to Burnside, right? Because Oracle itself is basically saying, like, round up all the people. I'm going to basically be, you know, I'm going to lead not lead them, but. The people that stay, right? She she's gonna basically turn them into her her people. Her bard. Um, yeah, basically, and I like that in that because that's this is a reflection of Babs, right? Is like that's what she wanted to do in in Burnside was that's why she went there to to carve up her own area, and now this is that corrupted, and I really think that's a. a like a, a smart way to go about this year of the villain stuff, right? We don't have to see the big doom thing in the sky. Mm-hmm. This just feels like even without the year of the villain, this I feel the story could still go off. Yeah, I, I feel I feel like the year mm-hmm. of the villain tie-in is just like okay, I'll, I'll, I'll work it in, but honestly, it didn't mm-hmm. really affect anything. <laughs> like no, um, I mean the same Oracle had an upgrade from Luther, but honestly, it yeah, need it. it's it's honestly sure. one of the best handled tie-ins yeah. in that regard. In that. It just you can just forget it's there and nothing is any different. Yeah, I lo- I do kind of love that Oracle turns on all of the. I mean, I don't know what some of the later ones are factory robots, I guess, but the first ones are all like toys that she's turning on and using uh, via yeah. you know the internet drones and yeah <laughs> yeah. And there's like bunnies. There's like light up green bunnies that she's using uh, as foot soldiers. I kind of love it. Um, I think you know this is not the most like kind of prominent like superhero story I've ever read. Right, like, I, I don't think we're going to look back in this story and go, "This is a defining moment for Batgirl." But I think there's something to be said for just a really dependable, solid story that is fun to read as it's, it's going. It's enjoyable if forgettable. Yeah, like, like I, I think there's been nothing about this that's at any point made me go, "Oh, this is it's not, it's not like Flash from like, oh, why is this happening? Why is yeah. this happening?" It's constantly putting Babs through her paces. We're getting, you know, again, much like Flash, a bit of a no man's land desk kind of vibe to the city right now, and mm-hmm. um, like how dangerous it is, and um like so it's creating a mood and an atmosphere um and i didn't even yeah. mind the fact that i spent so much of this issue away from babs because a lot of and it is the villains you know and, well, and there's great art anchoring that as well yeah right. yeah i think i have some great stuff at the start with the the blues of oracle the blues and greens of oracle clashing with the orange of the flames there's a nice uh contrast in the colors which is good yeah also jason's not long for this world now sure i feel <laughs> I feel like this is yeah. a sacrifice. Rede- he'll, he'll find out the truth and then yep. go out a hero. And then die yep. to save her or whatever, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. So, which, which okay I mean, for for a character that I didn't care about, now that you know, he he's had this arc through here. Yeah, I don't I don't care about him enough that I want to see Babs forgive him and like actually toy with no. toy with the idea of being a couple. But I care yeah. about him enough that I'll care that if he if he sort of redeems himself a yep. little bit by death. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But it'll be a, a good beat when it happens. It, yeah. it won't feel like out of nowhere. It'll feel earned and not just cheap. Honestly, if yeah. I have any complaints about the art, it's just that it was that one point when uh, Oracle is with Bard and she's kind of untied him because he's sort of like saying what he can do for her and they will help her with Batgirl. And the look up on the screen, it's a, you know, the vulture's like eye projects this screen and it's basically, it's like a firefighter holding the Batgirl outfit. My only complaint is, is that I actually had to look at it again to actually see what they were talking about because it didn't stick out to me that that's what he was like, you know, it's there if you're looking for it, but it doesn't really stick out as, oh, here's there's a guy holding the Batgirl outfit. I just saw firefighters. Yeah, it's that whole the the block green with just you know the, yeah. the black lines. There's nothing distinguishing about it. It, it feels like it was a, a choice made. Um, I don't think anyone could draw it much better than that. Like in terms of the artist style. Oh sure, just... no, it was just because he says, "Uh, oh, looks like there's no body. I could go look for it." I was like, "Wait, what?" And I looked back at it and went, "Oh, he's holding the outfit. That's why he's saying that." Yeah. Uh, but it didn't click immediately when I first glanced at it. But just again, just because it is just those solid greens and there's no. Uh, yeah, I just I have to be bigger in frame, maybe bigger and more because it's really down at the bottom of it. It's not like no, I get that. Um, you know, it could have focused on it a bit more, but that's a minor thing. It's an absolute yeah. minor thing. Did um did Leslie have a spare Batgirl costume lying around? Um, I I wonder if I'm she got sure. it from the uh the firefighters. <laughs> Feels weird that they just give that over. I don't know. Uh, maybe she does have a spare one around. I don't know. I, I don't think Leslie bring her a Batgirl outfit so she can leave the hospital in a Batgirl outfit. It's one of my big problems. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it, it's not a big problem. It just felt weird given that we'd just seen it on TV, you know, not quite TV, but, you mm. know, the, the, they were in possession of this, you know, the authorities, and she's just got it to give back to it. I don't know. It just felt a little weird. Actually, no, let me go back to the start of this. I want to check something. Okay. I want to check something. Uh, Is something interesting? But I, I'm just seeing if it's the exact same outfit because I know she's had like a couple of different ones recently. It is. It looks like the 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 kind of grey one that she's been wearing. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, uh, yeah. She must have gone from the firefighters then. That's my that's my explanation for it. Yeah, just seems a little weird, but yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the book ends with her. She sneaks out of the hospital, and Oracle's kind of in pursuit. She's on her bike. It's like, okay. I'm going to take back the city. So yeah, and so it's, it's also worth mentioning that Oracle and the the terrible trio have uh, have Frankie. Uh, kidnap now as well that happens during the issue they go hunting for mm-hmm. her because she's the operator as she keeps calling her so yes um no that's all fun with the issue um i've been enjoying the art like i i find like i i think the the arc is like greater as the sum of its parts if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah like this individual issue on its own isn't anything spectacular but i think it's uh it's a pretty solid next piece of this story I think when you read this in trade, it's going to be a nice six issue, you know, quick read for you know for a couple hours. You just sit down and yeah, yeah. I think it works. So, uh, what are you giving it, Matt? I'm going to give this one a eight. Connor, I'm going with a solid seven. I'll split the difference and go seven point five. Uh, so, so I had fun time. 
Um, that will take us on to Freedom Fighters issue 11 rather than Dirty Writing with Eddie yeah. Barrows on the art. Uh, Matt's flying solo on this one. So. Yep, yep. So we we had uh, uh, Hitler the Third unleashed Cyborg Overman to fight the Freedom Fighters. What a uh, sense! What a sense to start that off. So yeah. we have Hitler the Third right. <laughs> unleashing over Cyborg Overman uh, because he killed his dad in the last issue, right? And he took over, and uh, so you most of the issue is a fight between Uncle Sam and Cyborg Overman while the other freedom fighters are basically trying to get out. And there's this really fun when uh, they get to the radios, um, Cache does, and to to basically say that America's back. And it's this, you know, it's all the people of, of America over like this two-page spread that ends up looking like the flag. It was a really cool thing. And then you see Uncle Sam basically getting powered up because he's a thought form. You know, he's an idea and Cyborg Overman and him fight, and he's basically saying how, you know, you're the real problem because there's no such thing as freedom, and you give people hope when there shouldn't be, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm representative of the one true power of control and all of this, and, you know, Uncle Sam points out to Cyborg Overman that, no, you're just a copy. You're not even the real Overman. And he brings up the cyborg overman that no, he is Nazi science, you know, pure because he was, you know, born of it and 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 whatnot. So it's this real nice, you know, battling of ideas uh, between the two. And um, the other freedom fighters, you know, go and get human bomb and, and doll of woman. And uh, you know, you see Phantom Phantom Woman just take out a whole contingent of, of plastic men. And I, I think her power is teleporting. Uh, I always forget, but she basically teleports them into goo. And you see one of the freedom fighters, I think it is Cache, start to hurl, which is a fun, nice little moment. Um, but yeah, it's basically the fight between Overman and Uncle Sam. And Uncle Sam lands some haymakers. And Hitler the Third ends up panicking and gets the key to, to launch a nuke because uh, he says if we can't have this country then no one can have it and yeah and that, that's where it ends so big issue 12 comes out next and it's been a real fun ride i recommend going back this probably reads so much better in trade because uh, when i did get caught up it's one of those books that once it gets going it it's kind of a breakneck uh to Till the end here. So yeah, a lot, lot of fun. Uh, I'm gonna give this one a seven point five. All right, short and sweet. Um, yep. Uh, so I'll take us on to the Supergirl Annual number two, which is actually mm-hmm. Robert Venditti again, uh, with Laura this Braga guy. on the art. Yeah. So Connor, Connor was like, yeah, the only time I didn't read uh, Flash was under Venditti. I used to have a big problem with Venditti. However. Since then, since Rebirth, I think he's become one of my, like, consistently favored... He's, no, I writers. agree. He's not a top-tier writer, but he's become pretty no. dependable. He's kind of... Yeah. He's kind of like... He's Abner. Abnett-esque. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That well, it. I mean, this book opens with Supergirl playing hockey on Krypton, so I feel like oh, Matt's... Oh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Matt might be giving this book of the week. Yeah. I, well, fe- I, feel, I, like... I feel like I can predict his panel. Yeah, there's going to be yeah. some... Uh, 
There's, there's, in particular, there's a panel early on where she actually tackles someone. Uh, yeah. Now, the, uh, only difference, the only difference between this uh, <laughs> and this and a regular ice hockey is that they've got like a, it's like a laser disc thing that they're hitting. She is. Yeah, she called it hoverball or something later in the book. Yeah. But look, look, look this, this is hockey. And so, you know, she, she goes, uh, she's playing. Uh, so she's on Argo City. She's playing for what what appears to be the national championships against Kryptonopolis for, for her uh, for her age range because she's she's still like thirteen yeah, or whatever. Yeah, high school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna say this is high school level, and uh, she she basically goes to make a shot, has a turnover, comes back, open ice checks the dude out of his pants and scores the the winning uh, goal to put him up four three. I read um, this and I have no idea yep. what Matt just said. So, uh, I followed it. Don't worry. <laughs> so, um, luckily, Argo's team, which Supergirl is in, is uh, yeah. red, blue, and yellow in colors. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah. And, uh, just Weird, so, right? mighty convenient. Uh, whereas the other team, the uh, Kryptonopolis team, is in uh, Lex green. Luthor colors, which is green, purple, and a bit orange. Um, right. But uh, there's a, a, a Zod on the other team, uh, right. uh, which is. Druzod's nephew, so it's it's kind of like right. akin to her being the the, the niece of Jor-El, uh, right. as a as a nephew of, uh, and it's as a love interest. They kind of he's this secret boyfriend that she can't tell her parents about because her her parents, you Zod's know, yeah, hate the Zods because Zods and Elves right. don't like each other. But this is actually the last day of Krypton. This is you know because we keep hearing yeah. throughout that her dad Jor-El is going to uh, go with Jor-El to a big meeting later on with the council to present them something. Um, and it sounds like they, they, they obviously they were going to say that the, the, the planet's dying, but they weren't expected to happen this quickly because it, it seems a bit more rushed than they were expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, you know, the, the, the issue is largely about young Kara. She has these little moments where she kind of sees something freaky because it, it does t- it is tying into the, uh, the Secret Six stuff uh, where all of this is basically what happens in Kara's head the moment she got infected is essentially right. how I read it. Um, she, she's basically reliving her last great day yeah right on krypton and, yeah uh, she yeah so she she helps win the national you know the high school championships and then she's she has to go babysit baby clark yep um which she might have to stay overnight uh which, which she's kind of upset with because she had plans um and then she gets uh katar all which i thought was hilarious once once you know you remember venditti's writing this mm-hmm. it's the kryptonian hawkman he basically is or not basically. He is her teacher and puts her in for a scholarship to deal with the historical sciences, which of course is not okay with your or with Zorel because she she wants to go into applied. He wants her to go into applied scientists like like herself or himself. Yeah, but she's um, actually, she's actually quite happy about the babysitting years though yeah. because uh, her parents are going to be gone all night, which means she thinks she yep. can have the boyfriend over uh, yep. for an extended period of time. Uh, so you know, and there's those moments where she looks in the mirror and she sees like the uh, the kiss version of herself with the the big black makeup yep. uh, on her face, black metal. Yeah, but well, and as as she's remembering all this too, like the doom's taking over. So you see, like like when she looks at people, they're like kind of rotting, like half their face, you know, like they're deteriorating. Uh, let you know something weird's happening. Yeah, it's, it's just it's the idea of the quick flashes are happening as she's going throughout the day that she's not quite where she thinks she is. But, um, yeah. you know, it goes on um, and eventually the, 
you know, it's happening where she's been sent away. She's been sent away from Krypton by her parents. Yeah. Uh, explain, and they explain that her and Cal will be on Earth, hopefully, uh, real willing, all that nonsense. Um, mm-hmm. And ultimately, the book ends with kind of Kara, you know, present-day Kara in her head talking to the Batman who laughs as he explains that, hey, you've never been loved here. You've never, like, you know, on Earth. You've always been kind of yeah. separate. Um now, now you can kind of be better than him because he kind of says that he never intended for Supergirl to be the one that's infected. Right. But it, hey, like, why should it always be him that's in the limelight? It should be you who gets to take this. Uh, so yeah, it's basically just him kind of seducing her. And can I just say again how much I like her, uh, her outfit, <laughs> her evil outfit. Yeah. Uh, I actually really like yeah. how it looks. Um, the only thing I don't get is why she has elf ears. Uh, that part yeah, confuses me. That's that's art here. Yeah. Oh, that part's say. weird because I think the art in this is actually quite good. Uh, yep, pretty much. Yeah, I think Bragg is a very good artist and fits. Uh, it, it reminded me of Maguire a little bit. Like it's got the thick lines. A little bit, and yeah. It's it, kind of, kind of bubbly. Like it feels um, very suitable for teenage Kara. Uh, right. It feels very suitable for that type of setting. It's, set, yep. it, it's not quite Joel Jones, but it feels like that you could have easily swapped this artist into uh, being yeah. super, and it would have it would have worked yeah. well for that story. Um, so yeah so she kind of like when she finally sort of wakes up from like being convinced with the Batman who laughs she's like standing with the secret six in the fortress and it's kind of like it ties in again to where we were in that Superman and Supergirl issue uh, so I mean this issue is completely ir- you know not, not irrelevant but it's completely uh, unnecessary you don't need to read yeah. this but I think it's a solidly well written story for what it is um, if you do yeah. want the extra bit of insight yeah and I got Kara playing hockey yes you did so this is great. I like to imagine that she's a, a power forward, you know, because that hit that she lays. So that's uh, oh, it's cool. I was actually wrong. There's a few more pages after that, but there's, I mean, it's not really anything yeah. else. It's just it's just her yeah. confronting Superman and saying something. Well, basically right. telling telling he's like, we need to get you help. She goes, "What do you mean get help? This is exactly who I've always been." Yeah, you know, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, uh, I I enjoyed it. But like you said, it, it's. You don't need to read this. This is basically her uh, one shot, right? Like uh, we've had for the Scarab and King Shazam, and yeah, actually, come and think of it, like it feels like, like why isn't this just the infected Supergirl issue one? Yeah, because they didn't have to. They uh, they had the, you know, the annual. Because somehow more people have... will read a Supergirl annual of an ongoing yeah. run than a random one shot, right? And this this plays True. off of the last issue. Of Supergirl, um, more so than those other ones did, because Hawkman didn't get his. His was just the issue, the last, you know, the Sky Tyrant stuff. Yeah. Mm. So it play it plays in with that too. And uh, no, Venditti's Venditti's really good at this. I feel like he like kind of brought up like Abnet is. To be fair, I think it's just a case of ongoing titles. Like Shazam, technically has an ongoing title, but given all the the delays. the delays and such that were going on in the scheduling. But, yeah, but does that yeah. matter though for an annual? Like, it's going to be completely to stand alone. No, I, I would say yes in the sense that it looks bad for the optics of hey, we we we're, we're pushing back issue seven again, but here's an annual. <laughs> I think it looks bad in that regard, and and Blue Beetle doesn't have an ongoing book, so that that kind of explains that one. Hmm. Uh. Yeah. Honestly, I think this is perfectly fine. I think if you want a decent kind of, uh teenage supergirl story of before she leaves krypton i think you're going to get a nice 
a nice little mm-hmm. issue. Um, is it worth spending the five dollars on it? I don't know. It's debatable. It's if if you're already reading Supergirl and you want and you're collecting, sure. Yes, if you're just reading to read, I would save the money, get it on a sale. You know, unless you have I, I the completionist think, mindset. Cause... Yeah, the same argument goes for if you're planning on reading and buying all of yeah. the you know infected and you know uh, that story of stuff that event, and you want mm. this as part of that lead-in, then you'd probably want it for that reason. Yeah. 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 But at the same time, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than a lot of the yeah. other things I've read so far last week. So, you know, uh, yeah, I, I would, I would probably, I, I should return to, for me, I'll, I'll rate first uh, uncharacteristically just because I feel like yeah. it keeps sounding like I'm copying Matt. So I'm going first this time and he can copy me if he wants. Uh, but I'm going with another 7.5. This is, this is the weakest yeah. 7.5 is the, is the high end. But here I am again. Oh, I'm going with an 8. <laughs> Mainly for the hockey. <laughs> i got really excited guys i uh <sighs> i sat down to read this after i just watched uh, a golden knights game um did you lose and yeah right and, and they went in a <laughs> shootout and i go to read this and i'm like oh man the, the universe just keeps giving so oh yeah connor and read it did i uh, you didn't read it. I'm not reading the book. Really? So I, didn't didn't realize realize <laughs> I still figured because of the, the tie-in aspect. Well, the... I didn't realize it. One, I didn't realize it was a tie-in until you started talking. Yeah. And two, I haven't been reading the other tie-ins. Gotcha. Well, I, I, I tried Shazam and that was terrible. And I was like, I don't want to read the rest of these. <laughs> yeah, well, so that, yeah. that probably wouldn't have made me positive about this. I mean, at least I mean, this one was been dirty, So maybe, maybe if I'd known, I might. I, I only it. read one of those infected one shots. This was much better than that one. I'll say that much. Yes. Oh, I believe you. I really do. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess that'll uh, wrap up uh, Supergirl Annual Issue 2 and take us on to Tales from the Dark Multiverse Infinite Crisis Issue 1. James Tynion the fourth writing and Aaron Lopresti on the art. So uh, I hope you guys have read Infinite Crisis before. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, see, come on. See, see. Well, no, but I think Connor makes a good point. I think if you haven't read Infinite Crisis. Even though it tries to kind of recap some of it, I feel like if you don't already have a basic understanding of it, this issue will be a nightmare to follow. I, I think yeah, this issue, compared to the other uh, Dark Multiverse issues, suffers in that regard. The other ones have been particularly well-known stories, or even if, you know, even if you've never read them, they're, they're really easy to explain in like a couple of sentences, right? You know, mm-hmm. Nightfall, Death of Superman, uh, Blackest Night. It's Green Lantern Zombies. That's, that's kind of all you need to know enough for right. this. Infinite Crisis? Yeah, not so much. Yeah, especially since the book does actually have little like, winks and nods to all the other parts of it. You know, it has winks and nods to Secret Six. It has a, a part where Blue Beetle stops the Ranthanagar War, which is a big part of the whole build-up to Infinite Crisis. There's a, there's yeah. a lot of these things that it, that, that it, it, it connects to. Yeah, he, he yeah. circumvents the OMAC project. He does. He keeps the villains from uniting. He prevents the Ranthanagar War and uh, denies the Spectre's Day of Vengeance. Do you know what's so funny about this is that I I think I I enjoyed this because I love Infinite Crisis. So all the little ways it sort of circumvented all those elements, I was really into. I do think this one was the longest one to read because it felt so goddamn murdy compared to the others. I think it's because they were like, we need to at least try and and give the people who didn't read it a chance. I know, but jeez. And and when you try to explain Infinite Crisis, you also need to have an understanding of Crisis on Infinite Earths 
just the bare minimum yeah. of, of yeah. how that ends and where they go away to and then being disappointed in Superman or Superman that, Prime. That, that's the thing. Punching reality. It's, it's, it's a sequel in many ways to, to Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's right. picking up on a lot of stuff left over from Identity Crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got all its other, its own, you know, you've got the Secret Six, you've got the right. Checkmate stuff, you've got the Rand Thanagar War, you've got mm-hmm. uh, Oma, you've got everything that this deals with as well. There's so many threads to this book that I think if you're a fan of that period of comics and you've read that, I think this is a great issue. I kind of love it mm-hmm. because of that and because I like those things. And so I don't know if I really enjoyed it because, like Pete says, I already like crisis on infinite yeah, well, crisis yeah, the, the caveat i was going to say though so, to it is that i don't actually know if i buy that blue beetle does all this necessarily like the core oh, motivation oh, i do I once do. i do because it's not just the motivation it's the nanotech right yeah he's being played by brother i as much as brother i is sure okay that's fair is that's right fair. Yeah. so that that's how i read it because by the time you get to the end and he ends up killing his best friend that's the final thing. That's yeah. your, I got to the end of this book. Right, taking over. I got to the end of this book, and like Booster Gold's trying to talk Blue Beetle down because at this point Blue Beetle's like he's yeah. become like Super Brother Eye like man, yeah. right? And he's assimilating he's the one. Justice League, and Booster Gold's trying to talk him down, and and Brother Eye's like, no, you must remove the Booster Gold hero. He is part of the heroes, yep. and will destroy this whole plan. You must remove emotion yep. from the equation. And he's like, no, damn it, I'm going to listen to Booster. And then Brother Eye just takes over. The and the final the final like page or not the final page but one of the final parts of this is basically that death of superman panel of lois holding superman but it's blue beetle holding booster gold yep. and i thought to yep. myself oh well matt just blew his loads <laughs> uh, yeah super sad i uh, i love the art in this lopresti is perfect mm-hmm. for this era it, of comics uh you yeah, know uh, that they're, they're, they're doing I'm not gonna I lie. Mean, this made me want to do something with reading all this stuff again i want yeah he did like, and as much as i love all this stuff we don't have the time for all that. However, that said, I'm closing out on Checkmate, which made me want to go back and check out the OMAC project because it's been forever since I read that. Mm-hmm. So I might have went and picked up the OMAC project, uh-huh. uh, which this double reinforced, like, yes, go. And then this opened me up to a bigger question of, is this my favorite era of comics because it's when I first got into it? Or is it because the stories were, were better or I think more it's my got speed. A, a, a level of interconnectivity that we don't have now. Yeah. In, in in some people might see that as a positive and some as a negative, in the sense that, yeah, now we have a lot of great standalone stories right. consistently. But when they do do the connectivity, I so, think it's not done as well. See, yeah. see the doom symbol. Uh, yeah. So so when I first was getting into comics and stuff, it was right around Infinite Crisis, and um. The, the lead up to that, you had Crisis of Conscience, where they found out that you know they were mind wiping people from Identity Crisis, and and whatnot. And when they started rolling out these these minis, I only picked up Villains United and OMAC Project. I still haven't read what was it, Day of Judgment or Day of Vengeance. Yeah, Day of or Vengeance. Or War. Yeah. There was the Superman, Wonder Woman, Shazam story in there that was really good. Uh-huh. Um, yep. I obviously had the Secret Six, Villains United one and i read that and then i read secret six coming out of that by simone and i picked up omac project mostly because of of booster and at that time i was like oh this greg rucker guy he seems to write really well yeah Um, and crisis of conscience that was just an arc in jla at the time right but that was jll yeah Yeah. that was john's 
Thomas uh, Jones. Picking up from Meltzer, right? Um, from it, from it was I didn't very much a, a time in comics where you were dropped in the deep end. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually I read all well, this and stuff. I swam. <laughs> I learned so quick. <laughs> I, I, I read all this stuff properly in order because uh, they put out the omnibus and this was back when I was still getting physical collections yeah. and stuff and I got the omnibus and it had all the build up stuff and I read all that up until yeah. Infinite Crisis. So, so I, that's where I said like I don't know if I really enjoyed this just out of nostalgia or because I this is a time of comics that I super really care about and this is like my jam like from right before Infinite Crisis to the end of Blackest Night like, that's my prime era. Which, which, to be fair, it's only two or three years. That is not a long time. I know. It's yeah. actually quite a quick window. So um, much we, we've, we have been okay. doing the podcast longer than that window was. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, and that, that's where we also had, like, the Lightning Saga and then GLA, JSA, you know, those those all clicking. The Teen Titans, like, Johns is at his height. You have, uh, you have Morrison, Rucka, Johns, and uh, Wade doing 52. Yeah, yeah, like, think yeah. about that lineup. Yeah, like, it's it's insane. The, the mid mid to late two thousands was a great time yeah, for DC. It's a, it's no, but true this, this book and then, <laughs> and then the new fifty two came along and sh- took it out back and shot it with a shotgun. Yeah, and and as much as we all, for the most part, are, you know, pretty positive on Rebirth as a whole. Yeah, you know, don't know, not every book, but generally yeah. speaking, Rebirth has been good. Uh, it's it's not ever hit like, those heights as a as like, a as I'm a whole. Back. And, and reading Checkmate, and Checkmate reads just as well 10 years later. You know, more than I've, that, 15 I've, I've years later. I picked up the, uh, the two volumes in the... Yeah. the so Because there's a, there was a sale on Comixology last week, the right. Road to Black Friday one, and then they did the, the buy and get one free sale, and there's a little bit of overlap if you get in like half an hour before the sale. Yeah, yeah, you've got about an hour's window where you can get buy one, get one free on the sale prices, and you get nice. ridiculously cheap stuff. Uh, going the other way, you actually have a lot more time. So at the end, if you add any two DC books to your cart now mm-hmm. and you put in the, the, the code and don't buy them, mm-hmm. what you can do is where on Tuesday or whenever it is and the sale changes, uh, you can delete the two books in your cart and add in whatever you want and the, and the code will still apply. Wow. Uh, for, and that lasts, that'll last until you use it. Um, you've got one, you got one chance uh, once it ends, but uh, you can give it like a week. Um, if 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 you really wanted to, assuming there's a good sale on afterwards, yeah, right. But if there's not, <laughs> yeah. if, if if there's not, and you don't buy, uh, you know, your your singles on there monthly, mm-hmm. you know, so you you don't have to wait. To, oh, you know, you've got until Wednesday. Sure, you yeah. could actually wait till the following week and use it then. Right. Yeah, but this is actually well, kind of more of an exploit than something that's supposed to happen. So don't tell, yeah. don't, don't tell um, them, don't, don't don't tell comic sellers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, with this book right now, um, it. Uh, I don't want to say it was my favorite of them, but it does do its job as a dark what if. I think almost better uh, uh, than some I, of the others. Joe, I like about it in terms of being a dark what if is that it actually takes a while before it turns dark. For a while, it's almost like, yeah. oh, booster. Uh, uh, sorry, not bo- booster. Not booster. Blue, um, blue but I was trying to say Ted Card, but Ted. I said, I said bo- bo- booster. Um, so, yeah, but Ted Card, like when he. Like for a while, it's like no, he's actually kind of doing good. He's kind of solving everything. And everything's fine. He yeah, stopped he, all these bad things. Yeah. yeah. Him and him and Sasha or, or Sasha Bordeaux, or they are checkmate effectively, and they they start fixing the stuff that we all saw went wrong. But then we find out like, oh no, some of the stuff needed to happen. Like 
Like Alexander Luther needed to win a little bit during crisis. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause that's in thing, order, for, he's, he's yeah. in charge for months and then eventually Alexander Luther and Superboy prime show up to explain, Hey, we're doing this thing. We should work together. And then, yeah. uh, he basically talks Superboy prime into turning on Alexander Luther. And that's probably the most violent we get in this book well, is Superboy prime yeah. burns him alive with his heat vision and a full page spread. Well, that's because Alexander Luther unleashes the kryptonite acid that kills Kal-El and, and Golden Age Lois. Yeah. You know? But so, yeah. It's brutal. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, just say Earth 2. So, just, just say Earth 2 Superbad. When you say Kal-El out loud, you can't tell that it's spelled Earth differently. Three. I know. I didn't think about that. I mean, to be fair, there, there, there's the common conception of, okay, that's Kal-El and, and the other one is Clark or Superman. Right. So I think there, there is a clear distinction, even when you're saying it in but, context. But either way. They they get killed, um, and you know, Omax take over. Brother I wins. And it's basically Skynet DCU, you know, um, uh, by by the end there, and Tempest Fujinot. Like, oh man, that didn't did it. Yeah, uh, in terms <laughs> of the the only thing that does weaker than than you know the Crisis Seven in terms of the, the beats that it's saving on is, um, Superboy Prime's shift to evil. Right. I, I think it, it kind of misses a beat there where, because we're so caught up in Ted's Well, he fall, never, yeah. He never gets that opportunity to fully break bad, right? Because, yeah, yeah he's like, changing things, but, you know. Like it starts to happen when, when he goes after the Titans and he's like, oh, I'm not right. going to hurt you unless you resist. You know, please resist. Right. And you right. kind of, you see it there, but it's not the big deal that it was because we're caught up no. in Ted. And I feel like that's just, you, you could have still had that yeah, a little bit more effective. I think that's just a sign that the book's focus wasn't on that. Like that was something that has to happen because right. it's just part of the plot. But the book right. wasn't interested in exploring why he turns evil. It was more about just how Ted's. I don't think changes. I needed to see why. I just think I needed a little, like something in the middle of he's Ted's right hand man to, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to hurt you now. There's, it just kind of, it's just a very sudden switch. There's no kind of build to it at all. I just needed like an extra scene in the middle. To be, hey, to be fair, out of the four of these we've had, only Blackest Night's been, I'd say, bad. I agree, yeah. yeah. I think this is bad for a certain audience. <laughs> I think I think this is the least accessible um, by far. But for but us, think, it's... Yes. For, for it's, us it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of my favourite in, in the sense of seeing all these mm. things. I like, and the art, there's some great touches, like when... Um, when in this book, uh, Ted shoots uh, Maxwell Lord, yeah. it's uh, it's the exact same panel as the original, um, you know, reverse. as, as it, but reversed. It's down to the exact same sound effect. Like, Which I might have I might have picked that up as well. Yeah, uh, and I'm like, I'm like, this is great. I'm, I'm I'm so into this stuff. These these little uh, little referencing bits, and I think just seeing it all, the descent into the madness for uh, for for Ted, you're actually seeing that. Let's like say you. Know, Things are going well, seemingly at first, and it it doesn't feel as immediately shite as every as all the rest of the worlds did. But <laughs> um, like, e- even Death of Superman, where you know it was like, oh, Lois is doing some good, it was like two pages later. Okay, now right. she's not doing so much good. Well, yeah. uh, whereas Cause, this... cause we believe, because we believe in Ted, and we know that he didn't kill Maxwell Lord out of you know a sense of going dark. It was well, no, it's kill or be killed, and I got him. You know, yeah. So, and then where those dominoes fall later, you know, the stuff with Ted, need... like feeling overlooked by by yeah. the Trinity, um, yep. is great. 
yeah, no, really, I really enjoyed this. A little bit long, but other than that, um, really enjoyed it. It's just uh, honestly, these issues of if nothing else have made me feel like I'm not reading enough old DC stuff right now. So I mean, yeah. Maybe that'll lead to something. Yeah, because I, I know, know. Uh, I know me and Pete are at the minute working through uh, uh, Christ on Infinite Earths. Uh, I kind of want to, after that, just let's just move through. Like, you know, rough, yeah. you know I'll cherry pick, obviously, but yeah. kind of go through in uh, some semblance of order. Hey, post crisis yeah, is, is a really good place to start with a lot of things because everything's kind of fresh after that point. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You got Burn Superman, you got Perez Wonder Woman. Uh, I know. Uh, I think. Uh, what's the website? Yeah, Batman uh, Year One is not like immediate, but it's like pretty close after. Yeah. yeah. Co- co- comic book reading orders has like a master list of here mm-hmm. is the post crisis reading order, and it's like everything. And they kind of do stuff uh, like they they shunt in a lot of like older things that are like flashbacks and stuff. You know, that are set I, in that time period. If you wanted to do it that way as well, but uh, honestly, yeah. I, I was actually floating an idea to you too before we started today's show. And the best place to start that idea would be post crisis. Then nineteen eighty six. That's too much. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I know. That's I know. too much, Pete. I absolutely know. But basically, my idea for everyone at home was I wanted to essentially do a duplicate version of the show, but instead of doing this week's comics, it was this week's comics and whatever year we were on. So nineteen eighty six, I guess, would be. Where yeah, when, when he started suggesting this, uh, he was like, <laughs> "I got an idea." We'd, I thought, you know, he, he said, "You know, like, you know." So, we, you know, Infinite Crisis. This this one shot got me thinking. I was like, "Oh, he's going to suggest like adding in like an issue a week at the end of the show mm-hmm. or something." And then he's like, "Let's just do the whole week. Let's do it, this entire podcast again." <laughs> and like, it wasn't you. a suggestion that I thought was going to go anywhere. I was just saying it was a good idea. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. Call it post-crisis from the multiverse. I don't know. It's a wonderful idea. Oh, man. Pre-crisis, post-crisis. I'm not going pre-crisis, Matt. <laughs> there's, there's enough post-crisis to keep, keep, no. keep me covered for decades. <laughs> yeah. But it would be added in pre-crisis to the mix as well. Damn it. Now, knowing that Pete's read Day of Vengeance and I never have. <laughs> <laughs> If it, it makes you feel a better, I barely remember it, but... Right, but still. So the Shadow Pack comes from. Yep. yep. I, I know all of the stuff, I just never got around to it. I, I am grateful for Wikipedia these days. Oh, like it's essential. Wiki, for, for, yeah, like, it's... for comic book reading, it's essential to have a nice wiki at the ready. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because like, if you wanted to just jump into... like right, You know, Matt's been reading Checkmate. The, the, there's there's a whole ton of context that you could, should probably know before you start reading that book. Yeah. However, uh, you you probably should read OMAC Project before because that sets it all up. See what I mean? But if you, yeah, but but if you don't, it's very accessible. Rucka does a good job at setting up. This is a brand new version of Checkmate. It's UN chartered now. It's not a, you know, secret organization. Yeah. Um, but just the 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 DC universe as a whole at that time. Had a lot yeah. going on, so yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, if you want to spend ten minutes reading a wiki page for like, okay, what yeah. was going on at that time, you will enjoy the story probably a lot more. Mm-hmm. Or you just go back to Crisis of Earth and read everything published since that date, and you'll be fine. Hey, <laughs> DC Universe Service is going to make that pretty accessible. If you I, want, I, to I actually I have one complaint 
there's one flaw in my idea to match the release weeks and do like a like a you know retro podcast as if you were going through that time period is that once you go past a certain sort of time period going back the way from today is that it's really hard to find actual release dates for the comic books you can only find the uh, the cover month which is like two months later actually finding right. the exact date so you can put them out of weeks is nigh on impossible um so there would have to be some creative, like just way to divvy it up. Some some massive jiggery pokery. Just you know, okay. So so I could say like, okay, this is what September's was, right? I could get as a list of September's books, and then just pick what the weeks and, and are. And you ha- you know that this has to take place before that, so. Yeah, to a point, but for the most part, yeah. it's like yeah, okay, you've got an issue of Batman, issue of Wonder Woman, issue of Superman, or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever order will do. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. It's not happening, people. I may do it on my own. He won't. The people want it. <laughs> the people want it. So while you guys are talking, I'm looking up CBR to see if any news has happened. Uh-huh. And this this is what passes for news that apparently now there is a nonpartisan Uno game where they took out the red and blue cards and swapped them for purple and orange. Yeah. Um. Th- this is what happens at Thanksgiving weekend. What? the use of blue and red does not mean that there's any political (laughs) Pete I know it says no on the box it says no red or blue cards means no taking sides because when I'm playing (laughs) Uno I'm thinking about politics and not utterly destroying the other players (laughs) (laughs) who's going I need all the red cards they're just just colors they're just colors for the sake of and this is this is news (laughs) on CBR like I'm just Check in to see. Uh, it's, Maybe it's, something it's a slow news weekend. Just, uh, it, oh, man. It, it happens. Oh, Jesus. One, one of my favorite memes is I'm about to mess this kid's world up. And it's got like three, three draw fours on it. Oh, man. It's a good game. It was a good game. Maybe I'll start my crazy idea after me and Connor have done Crisis. If that's my starting point. <laughs> If Crisis of Infinite Earths is a starting point, then after yeah, that, I'll start we, my thing. We need a picture of Pete with, with the crazy Lex Luthor I've read the at one. the end of Batman Superman, where he goes, there's a crisis. <laughs> That's what we need. You've read, you've read one issue, is that it, Pete? Of the 12, yes. One yep, of 12. In, in about two weeks. I'm just starting to gear up now. I'm starting to ramp up. Uh-huh. I'll read issue uh-huh. two tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Look, they're like thirty-page issues of really dense '80s material. Okay, they take a lot out of you. They do. I, I, I've been reading it as I've been falling asleep. I'm, I've done, I've done six issues now. Like, I, I, I think, I, I think it's legitimately over like two minutes per page, which is you know different from a modern comic where it's less than a minute per page. Sometimes significantly less. Yeah, but, so there, there are some great layouts in that book, though. Oh sure. Um, but like, I feel like when I'm reading a page from, from Crisis and Infinite Earths, it is taking me two to three minutes per page, which means that the whole thing is taking me... Like an hour. Yeah, like an hour. Because <laughs> it's so goddamn dense. Oh, dear. Yeah. Anyway. We've got we've got about uh, a little under two weeks to try and get that done. If, if it's going to hit before Crisis, I'm, I'm not necessarily that upset if it's going to be in between the two parts of the TV Crisis. There are worse things that could happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm other not... than our busy schedule in, in those two weeks. I'm not too upset about that, but no, I'll yeah. I'll read issue two tomorrow, right? It's happening. Um, anyway, uh, so what were we talking about? Tales from the Dark World first Infinite Crisis issue. Yeah, one. let's read it. Let's read it. Matt, what are you giving it? I'm going to give this an eight. Connor? I'm, I'm going a nine because I, I had a blast. 
I have some reservations because I don't feel like like I feel like part of us is just as good as it is just because we all love this era and yeah, we love all the things. Yeah, the nostalgia. Yeah, so I, I'm going to go with the straight eight, which is the highest I've rated a book so far. So you know, credit where credit is due. So that'll take us on to Basket Full of Heads issue two. Joe Hill and Leo Max on the art. Um, yes, there's the two pages of the backup story, but I mean. We're not going to talk I, about I didn't them. read them this time because yeah. I'm not playing with two plate pages. Yeah, I'm not playing with two pages either. It's annoying. It's an annoying chunk to read. Yep. It is. Just give us the book. Just read us a Hill House special. That Sea Wolves will be good. Yeah, do a one shot. Do a one shot with all the pages. Yeah. Go for they, it. They, they oh. undoubtedly will once it's all done. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, so I loved issue one of this, and uh, I was looking forward to this, and I'm happy to see it did not disappoint, and I thought this was another nope. great issue. Yep. The only problem is it moves way too quick, and I need more of it right now. Well, yeah, this is well. I mean, obviously, when you don't have a lot of words, it does read quickly. Yep. But here's the thing with horror: mm-hmm. is horror works best when it's silent, and it should be late on the words. Yeah, Peter, I understand that, but I like it, and I want more. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there Joe on the phone. So I'll get Joe on the phone yes. and just say to him, "Hey, can you do two issues a month? Can you double ship this bitch? Because Matt's really upset that yes. he's having to wait Thank a month you. for two that, issues." That would you be lovely. That, yeah. <laughs> Why are you have on the phone telling put sea dogs in a special? All right, it'll be good. Because I also yeah. want to love that, but I can't at two pages at a time. Oh dear. Um. So, so yeah, we had the last issue with the criminals were in the house and June was hiding, and we kind of pick up right there. It does this great thing where everything's this sort of muted purples and dark, but obviously you've got the orange jumpsuits, so the, the criminals sticking out, the main long-haired guys especially, as he's creaking about, um, and she's hiding in the uh, the hamper. So, uh, yeah, and you'll see time passes, and she gets up and she's sneaking around. She sees a finger cut out, you know, cut off from someone. And... Just blood all over the floor. And and this is, you know, like there's quite a few pages they say just... You know, her getting out, the time passing, her getting out, so looking around the house. And you feel the time passing, which is really good. Uh, so I've got a question. So so the, the main criminal along here uh, shows up behind her and says, got a light. Uh, Connor, did you take this as a Twin Peaks reference? Because I felt it. Yeah, yeah. I was getting Twin Peaks, the return from, from that moment. It felt like, especially the way he's just standing there dead-eyed. Yeah, I, I think Joe Hill's seems like it's the sort of guy who's watched Twin Peaks. and I bet he loved that season. Yeah. So, uh, June grabs the the axe that was teased last issue. He's like, I ain't gonna use that. Yeah, it's a little girl. I think your mate's going that. Um, and, you know, he's kind of like mocking her, waving his flashlight around, and she's going for the, yeah, cause he, the door. She, he reaches into his, his jumpsuit, and he's got a gun, uh, which, which makes her up the level down on the beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, off goes pieces of his hand with the gun uh, into the ocean. Oh, you see, uh, I was going to talk about the trip because she trips out the door, oh. and I felt that actually. Uh, oh yeah, 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 the little close up, the little sort of snap close up of the that the ankle, like a very yeah. annoying sprain, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, yeah. Because um, because before we get down to the beach, we actually have this uh, sort of like town view of this road where we see it's flooding. We see like the the water in the boat uh, f- flood, so we see that the islands actually under yeah. quite a bit of water right I, now i love the uh you know, we're talking about like the pacing with the the time passing as well mm-hmm. uh this transition into this storm you just have the big crack of lightning uh is literally the word is the panel 
mm-hmm. and and the lightning through it, it it's uh, it's great. Yeah, it's building an atmosphere. And yeah, let's say she gets out of the beach. He comes after her. There's a convenient basket of flowers. Uh, just sort of, is it flowers? It's, uh, it's like speech toys. Oh, speech toys, yeah. right? Like a spade and stuff. Like yeah. uh, mm-hmm. And she actually, first of all, cuts off the tip of his foot. Uh, <laughs> uh, we see it like flying off. So he's lost his toes in one foot. And then she uh, whacks the axe at his hand, which uh, takes off the gun and obviously some of his fingers. Um, and then she, and it looks like a golf swing. She looks like she's Happy yep. Gilmore swinging the golf stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the golf stick, the golf club, sorry. Um, and <laughs> Philistine. <laughs> Philistine. There you go. Uh, uh, but you see his head go flat. Do you know, what I, do you know my favorite part of this? Is that the, the lighting, or whatever you want to call it, from the swing of the, the of the axe. It like almo- an explosion. It almost looks like a nuclear blast. Yeah. It's kind cool. of insane. I like when she loads up and the you can see the red on the axe blade. Yeah, it's like it's a blood... glowing. It it knows yeah. it's about to get what it wants. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a blood yeah. vein. It's a blood vessel yeah. on the uh, yeah. on the on the axe uh, mm-hmm. tip. Uh, so you know, uh, then she's pissed at herself because the gun gets washed away, and she's like, "Damn it, you needed that." Because obviously she wants to go and find uh, where the boyfriend right. is. You know, he claims that they're safe right now, but like you know, it's like well, yeah, he wouldn't talk, so they cut off his finger. The boyfriend. Yeah. yeah and, so and yeah, it's his finger we saw up there. So he's presumably with the wife mm-hmm. and the sheriff and whatever, yep. wherever the other criminals have taken him. So, so June's kind of become this almost like unlikely hero who's maybe the one who can go and help them because she's mm-hmm. on her own. She's got an axe. Um, and then we have, of course, him talking to her, and it's all this upside down panels because it's his POV because his head's upside right. down. And she's sort of coming close to him, and she's like, "What the hell?" And he's like, "You know, help me, come back, please. The water's coming. Like, don't, like, you know, let me drown." Yeah, yeah. He's been a bit of a sniveling little shit, but he's still talking. His decapitated head, which we knew it was coming, because the whole concept right. of the book is, uh, is the, the, the head you know, still talks. Yeah, the, the head's in the basket. Uh, so she goes and gets this basket that was sitting there, empties it, and puts his head in there. Um, and it's like, well, we have to go go and see, uh, see if we can get help and find the others and. Uh, talk to the police. Yeah, um, she's like, I need to call the police. You know, you need help. What about me? She goes, Shut up, or I'll see how far I can kick you. <laughs> and the final page of the story is the rest of his body is like, you know, lying on the beach. The water's coming in, and it washes over, uh, washes his like, you know, jumpsuit apart a little bit. And we see he's got a police oh. badge. Now, I don't think the twist here is that he's a cop. I think the twist here is that that's either her boyfriend or the sheriff's uh, badge that he's taking. Because, uh, because we I know, don't know. There was escaped convicts. Yeah, but what if it's the cops posing as the escape convicts so they wanted something from the the cop, from the chief? Uh, I don't uh, think they've set up for that, but, I mean, it's possible. I don't know, because it, because they set it up in the first issue that these are nonviolent guys that got out, you know? Sure, okay. So I'm I'm thinking that if that this is the cover, you know, because he said... This panel tells me that, he, that he's a cop, because the way that he reaches in and grabs the gun... And the flashlight, like, it's just, it's very... No, that makes sense. Uh, But I was just wondering, you know, why? What sort of impact would that reveal have? Yeah. Uh, As opposed to, you know, like, like, I kind of left it. Well, that doesn't really seem to track immediately. So I went with, okay, he's taken this off them and he's wearing it as a, just to mock them, essentially. Yeah. It almost makes it feel like, though, they they might actually already be dead. Like, you know, the reason why he's already taking stuff off them you know, kind of thing. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to have killed them, but right. it gives you that kind of feeling of, like, no, maybe they are screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I was getting De Niro and Cape Fear vibes off this guy, the way that he was talking. Mm. 
mm. you know, just calling her, you know, sweetheart and and whatnot. Um, but yeah, very, very. Oh yeah, very, there's there's definitely a rapiness to him as well. Yeah. You feel you feel like she's in trouble yeah. and she has yeah. to fight back. There's, there's a bit early on where he goes, "Oh, are you hot? I'm boiling," and and right. it's like he's just kind of probing it. Yeah, you know, it's it's it's, it's, yeah. it's uh, let's relax a bit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Really good. The pacing's wonderful. The art's great. Uh, really mm-hmm. fits the tone of what the book's doing. Um, I have I have nothing bad to say. Uh-uh. No. So I really great. accepted it. Yeah, the pacing's too good. The pacing's too good. The it's only problem with this is that it's almost. The only problem with yeah. this is it's almost too good. Is what Matt's yeah. trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Matt. What are you giving it? I'm giving it a nine point five. <laughs> Connor. I'm going with just the straight nine, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm going with the straight nine as well. Uh, so, no surprise, but it's going to be at the top of my list at the end of the end of the show, uh, given that nothing else has came close to that. So, uh, that'll take us on to some uh, Patreon books. So that was the last of the new books, and basically to explain this, uh, every month on Patreon.com/slash/BailFuzzTV, uh, there's a tier. Uh, where you can make me, me or Connor read a book. Um, and Connor had a, has a couple to do, I have one to do, uh, and just the way things have fell, we're doing uh, all three today on this final week of the month. So, uh, Connor, first up, is going to talk about Red Hood Outlaw, issue 37. If you insist. Written by Scott Liddell, art by Kenneth Rockefeller. Just, just make it quick, Connor. I mean, I'll try. I, um, I, the patron has to get their money's worth. They can't, they can't be... Skimping it. This book, oh, and and bear in mind, it's been a couple of months since I read the last issue because uh, I had an annual last time. Um, and I was like, "What the hell happened?" I, I remember the arc finishing and then Lex showing up, and I was like, "Wait, what happened?" Uh, so he is a he's a teacher now. He's a teacher for supervillain assassins or something. Um, yeah, uh, they're in the, uh, the, the the place in the center of the earth that the name I'm blanking on entirely. Um, yeah, you got the you, you got all the people down there. Um, so he's, he's down there, and Lex has, has has put him in there, and he's got a a class of of, of villains to be. And we've got a roll call here. So we've got um, Babe in Arms, which is classic. Yep, uh, it's a a young yeah, you know, a young child being held by the the mother figure. The mother is uh, very mummy sort of looking, kind of you know, all wrapped in bandages and stuff like that. Uh, then you've got uh, Cloud Nine, um, legendary. Yeah, who he he calls Cloud Girl first, but she's like, no, it's Cloud Nine. Um, you've got DNA, iconic. A, yeah, and Devour. <laughs> oh, classic. Yeah. And and these guys are like, yeah, what, what the hell are we doing here? You know, we're supposed to be learning how to enslave cities, genocide, rule the world, all that sort of shit. And uh, and and Jason's like, all right, fine. Whoever gets, to, whoever can take me down, gets to teach the class. And then instead of cutting to that fight scene, we jump back two weeks earlier to uh, Jason. You know, kind of getting this. It's like he goes. How how did I let Lex Lucifer talk me into this? I'm like, really? You're going with Lex Lucifer? So dumb. Okay, fine. Uh, so he, he give uh, Lex gave him a you know a bank card and told um and and told him to go to this particular ATM, 
but no pin card. But he puts in a pin number, sorry. But he puts in the in the card, and he is teleported to you know the the the, the center of the earth. Then it's uh it's uh, Doctor Veritas who's there, and she's kind of running this, and he's like, I thought you were dead, and she's like, eh, well. You should know better. You, you, you've been in Lazarus pits. You, sh- you should know more about who's dead and who's not. And you know, she talks about how you know she's friends with Superman, which you know we know. And he's like, then, then yeah, if you're if you're you know best friends with Superman, why why are you doing this for for Luther? You know, training the kids to be the next generation of supervillains. And she's like, eh, for science. I, I I don't I don't believe in good or evil. Just just the science. Um. And and she's like, well, why are you doing it if you're not that if you're not as bad as you claim? And he's just like, well, if I didn't, Luther would give them to the Joker or Cheater or someone else. So maybe I can make them not as bad. And then we have a. So I've I've been since I did a a Gen X, I've been noticing the the captions, the you know the placements. Mm-hmm. And so this started with it. You know, it said two weeks earlier, which was fine. And then the next section starts with now, which is again fine. We're establishing that we're swapping. What really bothers me is that the just between you know uh, Jason saying you know, you know these are the best that chance I've got. It says end interlude, and then it says now. There was no start interlude. There was just two weeks earlier. Now the the interlude comment is completely irrelevant. I'm not entirely sure why that felt the need to be there. But then, then we cut to the the fight. Uh, I think that's Devour, who's got like cyborg arms and stuff. And Cloud Nine is a cloud. Things go through her. Um, DNA is like some sort of living strand of DNA. He can kind of mutate it to whatever he wants. So he's got like, you know, you know, he's made himself into tentacles and stuff. Um, so they're all fighting and surprise, surprise, none of them really win. He takes them all down. Um, but the notable absence is uh, Babe in Arms is is not really doing anything. Um, and then it turns out that the, the baby just starts talking because the baby's the brains of the duo and, and the, the mother's just the one holding the gun and carrying the, the baby. Uh, it, it's all very weird. Um, but yeah, he's like, oh, you, you failed your first test. Um, then we, we actually have a, another interlude where we cut to somewhere else. And then again, this is on the, the really bad uh, location establishing panel. Somewhere else, a quantum dimension between here and elsewhere. So that's already two. Then we have a third one, specifically the remains of the outlaws' former headquarters. And then a fourth one, created by an impossibly and temporarily brilliant teammate. Like, d- did we really need all that? God damn it, Lobdell. Um, but yeah, no, it's just it's just Artemis and Bizarro. Um, she's taught him yoga for whatever reason. He says, "Me am Namaste," and uh, she gives him back the, uh, the, the Superman Gosh. doll, pup pup. And yeah, he's like, "Yeah, that's not really what we're here for." And, you know, the, the, it's it's not something I forgot. It's somebody. So I'm sure that's going to carry on. Um, back to all the the, the villain kids. Um, they're in a dorm, and they're all sharing a room, and bit of a, a bit of a tussle breaks out between them. Just uh, because reasons, basically. Uh, I think um, there doesn't really seem to be any reason other than uh, they're all cramped up in one room, so they're all going to just duke it out a bit. Um, yeah, uh, we get to Star Labs, and, and we get you know, the 
Jason's taken the team now with him. Uh, they're on a they're on a kind of a trial mission, and they're like, "Oh, we are, we've got a meta human here to 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 rescue from Star Labs. Uh, we're we're going to take him back down to the center of the Earth and train him, you know, with the class." And then the reveal of who it is that they're there to rescue. <laughs> that sounds like it's going to be good. Go on. Do you guys remember Doomed? <laughs> I try not to. I never read Doomed. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Doomed. What you mean? Doomed was a character? Yeah, yeah. he was... Uh... <laughs> Before Damage, they tried to do a Hulk-like character, but with the Doomsday DNA. And it was all Lubdell, and I yeah, I couldn't get farther away from it. Yep, it was terrible. I, I, well, I don't know I tried. I just assumed it was terrible. It was a yep. terrible concept, is, is what yep. it really means. Yeah, Doomed's bloody <sighs> here. Yeah, that was after the Super Doom BS. Yeah, it was right after that. I kind of spun yeah. out of that. Yeah. It's just what everyone wanted. Sure, bad. Yep. And it's it's back. I mean, to be honest, I'm, a, I'm thinking it's doomed. I don't recognize it well enough, but they go, hey, it looks an awful lot like Doomsday's kid brother. So, oh, oh and there it is at the bottom next doomed generation. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is doomed. Sad trombone. So, so Connor's going to have to continue reading Red Hood that is now going to include Doomed. Hey, and Cloud Nine. Don't you forget about Cloud Nine. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, Rockerfort's, you know, solid as ever. Um, yeah, it's Rockerfort. He's, he's on his, his standard game. He kind of know what to expect. I don't think he works as well in as shadowy as this book is right now. Uh, I think he, he, he does better with uh, some some light uh, in his work. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's fine. Still a terrible book, though, so it's like a three. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I guess that'll take me on to American Vampire issue one, uh, which Tyler wanted me to read. And... Um, it's a bit longer than I was anticipating, because as I said earlier, there is like a whole backup story, which isn't just a few pages, it is like another 15 pages yeah. or whatever it is. It's a pretty meaty well, uh, but, issue. But I mean, Tyler's being kind still. I had uh, to read a 40-page annual last month. <laughs> of Red Hood. Yes, yes, this is true. This is true. Um, so, American Vampire... Um, it's a book I've read before, and I I haven't read all of the second cycle stuff because it started getting delayed so much that I I kind of fell away from it during yeah, that, that point. That's um, why I've fallen off too. And it was getting really good with the 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 new big bad they were bringing in. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. so uh, so it's a Scott Snyder writing with Raphael Albuquerque on the art. Um. The opening of the book kind of sets up, so it's that classic thing where it's like in the future and we cut back uh, to, to previous. Uh, interestingly, it doesn't actually catch up to this in this issue. It's kind of seen mm-hmm. that for next time. You know, it's just a car in the middle of nowhere outside of Los Angeles. It's nineteen twenty-five, and we see like the bodies in in the in the car. Like one of the characters is Pearl from later. Now, admittedly, um, I recognise they're better reading it just now because I already know the character. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know the first time I read this if, if I like clocked in the next couple of pages when I you know went back in time like is this the character I just uh, saw I probably did but it was obviously more obvious this time uh, so we meet Pearl and her roommate uh, Hattie they are mm-hmm. movie extras 1925 keep in mind so 
This is before the talkies. Uh, but that's something that's brought up in the book at one point. Uh, and if there's something to get me into a story in this time period is to tie it to Hollywood and kind of put it in the context of the history of cinema. And they're yeah. kind of joking about how the big actor in the movie they're really attracted to, or at least Hattie is anyway, um, how he's a dreamboat and you know all that. And right away there's some good banter between them and like, it's okay, so next take, we have to be scared. Uh, you know, tell us, tell me something scary because this is like take, you know, eight or whatever it is. And Pearl just says, the rent's due tomorrow and then they both scream. So it's a bit of humour. I guess you kind of on their side. I guess you kind of rooting for them. Makes them likeable. Uh, sets up there's a weird guy outside their apartment building uh, who I know is Skinner Sweet just because I know what Skinner Sweet looks like mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, just that he's sitting there they're teasing that he's you know up to no good um, and we see that Pearl has a job she's like a hostess at a club uh, she has another job in the morning uh, and this guy's been trying to ask her out for coffee he offers to walk her to her next job they kind of get to the wheelchair a little bit uh, we find out he's a bit of a drifter uh, with his guitar and you know we find out that she's wanting to be an actor and she's always tempted to go home and things like that and she has a tattoo of like this flower that grew in her parents garden or whatever um but then the, the thing that really propels the story forward is that she is chosen to sort of stand in for the main actress in the movie uh, with the lead actor for a lighting test and as they're sort of standing in place they're kind of you know talking to each other and she's been kind of charming he's been charming and he off he invites her to a party at the producer's house um yeah bd block being the uh being the uh the producer or it's bd mm-hmm. blotch i'm saying it the scottish way i'm assuming because it looks yeah, like a scottish but, word to me yeah but i would say block yeah i'd say block. He, he had a lot of german and um like like families of german immigrants at that time coming into the uh, to the to the industry, so yeah, I'd say block. Yeah, okay. Uh, so she's off to that part of the night. Skinner kind of tries to talk her out of it. Says, "Oh, you might regret." I mean, he doesn't really like. He kind of does it in a way where he doesn't really care if she goes or not. But he's like, "Hey, I'd probably not go to that. It's probably a mm-hmm. bad idea. You probably regret it in the morning." And she tells him to mind his own business and um, that she's she's going off. So she takes her roommate and they go to this big fancy party. You know, everyone's in tuxedos and. Uh, everyone's all smiles and whatnot and the actor takes her to a back room to meet uh, the producer Block, BD Block and when she's left there in the room on her own with Block and his buddies we can kind of see in the art that they've all got vampire teeth and they get very intimidating, the The colouring was very red, uh, obviously insinuating danger and the final page mm-hmm. of the main story is all these like in silhouette vampires but you can still see the teeth in the eyes uh, jumping at her uh, so yeah the first issue is just the build up to her meeting the vampires and like just mm-hmm. her on her way to doom so uh, the first I mean, I'll, I'll get to the backup story but the, the main story is very successful in making us like the character so that we care yep. a little bit when she's attacked at the end now obviously the story's going to go places where this is clearly what has to be here to start the story but mm-hmm. um, it does a really good job of making me like her giving me a sense of the world because one of the things that happens throughout american vampires that each story arc takes place in a different year different time period and each one does a really good job of kind of setting up the uh the mood of each time and this kind of does that as well and it's using like the the old hollywood system as like a sort of cover for this vampire producer who uses the actor mm-hmm. to lure in young girls and so on right and so on. it's like the you know the higher ups the higher classes exploiting the underclass 
Yeah. You know, at this point, actually for food, you know. Um, but yeah, and then we get Skinner, who now you'll get to see his origin here. Yeah, because he's just a tease in the, the main story. Then we get yeah. a story called Bad Blood, which is the backup, uh, which is written by Stephen King, yeah. <laughs> of all people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joe Hill's dad. Interestingly, it's still Albuquerque on the art. I wonder yeah. uh, how the schedule stuck with us so, at the time. So apparently, if I remember right, um, Snyder approached him to write a foreword or something for it. And he was like, oh, wait, no, I like this idea. What, what's Skinner's background? And Snyder told him, I guess, what he was thinking is, do you mind if I write that? So it was like Stephen King's like first, I think, like actual foray, foray into comics. I might be remembering this all. It's been a very long time. Then he, didn't uh, he get involved in some of the Dark Tower stuff at Marvel? I don't know if maybe? he was hands on writing all the writing the scripts. Though. Yeah, I thought, was, uh, I thought that was more oversight. Yeah, because yeah, this yeah. this is all him. Like the, this backup, I'm sure it's by him and Snyder. But from what Snyder said, he he's responsible for Skinner's origin. That's cool. Yeah, so it's it's told kind of uh, from the 1925 present by uh, Will Bunting, who's who's writing uh, this story. Who he's he's kind of writing it as fiction, as he says at the end of the book, because he knows no one will believe him. Um, mm. But it sets up um, that Skinner was this really bad guy when he was a human, because Skinner's a vampire. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> just uh, uh, which I don't think is a spoiler, but if you've read the first issue, which again, if you're listening to any of these conversations about these books, you always have to assume spoilers for the issue I'm talking about, but. Um, so he's on a train being transported. He's a you know he's a convicted criminal. Uh, he's chained up, and we have the you know the the lawman who's taking him in, uh, and we have the the owner of the bank who turns out to be the vampire in this case, uh, who is robbing from. Uh, but Skinner's got his buddies, his outlaws, uh, who are going to actually derail the train um, from the outside. Uh, so. You know, so we have the 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 guy who keeps complaining about the sunshine, and he's like, "Ah, the sun's harsh on my skin," and mm-hmm. all the rest of it. And Skinner's threatening the lawman, saying that he's going to like, uh, you know, kill his uh, his, his your soon to be bride, and all sorts of things. Uh, he keeps asking for the, the 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 candy stick that he's got in his hat, uh, which is a is a plot point because later on, when he when he sucks on it for a bit, there's, there's like a file inside it that he uses to like lockpick the uh, the mm-hmm. chains. Uh, we get a, a brief flashback to the the heist that he's been arrested for, uh, and uh, we see how, just how much of a dark, unlikable figure he is. Because not only was he killing people and robbing from people, but you know he was letting his goons like you know rape the women and things like that. Uh, except one of his guys, he even says uh, Ronnie Jeeks has more Catholic tastes, um, implying he is not interested in women, uh, basically. Right. Um, so. Very kind of dark, underbelly sort of characters. Everything's very mm-hmm. sinister. Um, and sets him up as a complete bastard before he even becomes a vampire, which is uh, interesting. And obviously, of course, mm-hmm. being that this is uh, set in 1880, like, and he's the same age when we saw him in the right. main story, you know, we kind of already get a hint that, okay, clearly he's immortal and he's he's not aged since. But he, he gets his lockpick. He, he he attacks everyone on the train. The train, you know, hits whatever the, the other guys have put in the tracks. It tumbles over. Uh, they're going to kill everyone but Skinner. They're going to kill everyone who's there. Uh, the lawman kind of fights back a little bit. But um, ultimately, um, you know, the, the writer who's writing the story, who's a much younger man here, is like hiding behind a rock, and he kind of sees what's going on. Uh, the lawman gets shot from Skinner, uh, although we find out that it's just a grazing. 
Um, but ultimately, when they go after uh, Percy, who's the, the owner of the bank, who wanted him arrested in the first place, they shoot him like three or four times. And probably the best panel of the whole book is after he's been shot, he stands back up and he's just in silhouette, much like the ending of the main story, but you do get the red of the blood dripping from the bullet holes. And it just looks phenomenal. Um, and he jumps in and bites, bites Skinner. And the writer sees this, um, and we get a page of just chaos of him baiting uh, Skinner and Skinner shooting at him. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, and Percy just kind of walks off with an umbrella. It, it almost looks like the Penguin from Batman Returns with his umbrella. Just walks off like Diadio Vito with bullet holes um, into the night. And so there are survivors, you know, the rest of the people do survive uh, for the most part, uh, including the writer. So it's like, oh, this is just the beginning. So uh, so not only do we have the continuation of Pearl's story, we'll have the continuation presumably uh, from... I don't remember how often it comes back. I'm assuming the entire first arc has these backups. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... Yep, first six issues. Yeah, that sounds right from memory. So that was the first issue of American Vampire. I think what's interesting, because the book is going to go through so many time periods in each arc... I think it is kind of neat that the first story, the first six issues, does have mm-hmm. a backup that establishes that we're going to be dealing with different time periods because the vampires do live uh, these yep. long times. So the reason why we're starting in 1825 is because we're going to see Pearl uh, when she becomes a vampire in different eras. We're going to see mm-hmm. her through different eras of uh, recent history that we understand and know. So, yep. um, That's one of my favorite things about the book is that it plays with that and really plays with uh, the different time periods and... I, th- I think having the first issue even already give us two of them in a, such a significant amount. I, I remember the first time I read this, though, almost being feeling betrayed that there were so many pages left, and then I finished the, the main story, and I was like, oh, shit, yeah. it goes on to a different story. Oh, I wanted this to continue, because yeah. <laughs> I really liked so, it. And then, and then you read the other half, and you're like, this is pretty damn good, too. Yeah, So the and the second trade really picks up the, the time stuff, right, because it, it switches focus. And then by the time we do the third, the third has my favorite story. Yeah, because the like, third... One of my favorite stories ever in comics. Yeah, because the third also has the first mini tie-in. And yep. then yeah. the fourth or fifth has the second mini tie-in sort mm-hmm. of bundled with them. Yep. So, uh, Pretty yeah. good value trades in, in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I don't actually have the... Tra- I have all the single issues in comicsology, uh, but... Yeah. I mean, if you're interested, they, they, they'll be on sale again at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, it is buy one get one free right now if you just want them for a reasonable price. It's not as good as some of the other sales, but it's still. I mean, if you want to read them, it's a good price to get them yeah. at. Well, the the, yeah. the first mini has art by as as much as I like Albuquerque, has has Murphy art in it mm. set in World War Two, so um, involves you know uh, American soldiers versus Nazi vampires. It's more Overlord, Oswald, right? Yeah, it's it's why I loved Overlord so much. Same same vibe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I have that signed by Snyder, and I'm waiting for a Murphy thing so I can get that and then frame it. So, yeah, one of my favorite stories in all of comics. No, really good. Uh, really good. The first issue is off to a great start. Um, yep. The pacing's good, and I think it's smart that it doesn't go any further than it does and doesn't try to squeeze mm-hmm. in more, even though it does leave me wanting more because I feel like it's... There's, there's not a whole lot of story advancement, but... Honestly, if they tried to put more story in it, I'd feel like they were shortchanging the introduction to the character. So I think it's yeah. just the right balance. Yeah, so, and it's Snyder, but I feel <coughs> he hasn't become Scott Snyder yet. This is so... this is peak Snyder. I think he's better in this yeah, than he is that's these what days. I'm saying. Yeah, you you could say this is where he hits the perfect medium, where he's still a little bit reserved because he can't do whatever he wants. Um, you know, 
uh, and he works really good with Albuquerque. So, have you guys um, read uh, Seven from him? No. Ah, oh, it's so good. I've yeah. read, I read the first issue of it for sure. Maybe the first two. It's like a five or six issue mini. Uh, I, I don't know. I just read the trade. Yeah. Um, and it's you know just it's just this you know limited mini uh, horror story, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so that American Vampire issue one is very good. I mean, again, I guess I'll read it. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a nine. It's a nine. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, which leads us to the last book of the week, which is Connor's final Patreon book. Um, obviously, I ordered these to sort of alternate rather than, you know, giving them double <laughs> back to back. Uh, so Undiscovered Country issue one, Scott Snyder, and you can tell us the artist because it was too hard to type. Uh, well, and also Snyder and and Charles Soule uh, are oh, writing right. together, yeah. and it is Giuseppe uh, Calancoli uh, on the art. Yes, I'll uh, copy and paste that in later. There's no way I was going to just guess the yeah. spelling of that. So yeah, let's have it. So this is a brand new book. This actually only came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, so which so I picked it up and just held off reading it until I had the you know the the right week to do it on the show. And it's um, this this was something that they announced a few months ago, and we didn't really know exactly what it was uh, when they announced it. They were like, "Hey, you know, America's been cut off for thirty years, and now the the doors are opening. What's in there?" And it wasn't entirely sure what it was going to be. Like, uh, was it America locked themselves away, or were they quarantined? Um, I think and they might have made it more clear as it got closer to the uh, to the the release. Um, but that initial pitch was intriguing so i was already kind of somewhat interested in the book anyway uh but this gave me a good excuse um but so this book opens and immediately the first like uh, establishing uh panel tells you quite a bit so just you're at 8 a.m pacific standard time 12 nautical miles from the former coastline of california so already you're going okay former coast so what, so what you're saying here is that Lex Luthor's plan in Superman the movie worked, and he has exactly. created a new coastline. That is exactly what happened. So it's, an Although, entire, it's a real estate scheme. That's all it is. I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, not too much real estate going on. Um, but yeah, well, oh yeah, so we follow in this this helicopter that's coming in, and there's a there's a crew on board of you know this this um, mixture of people, and they're like, what well, you know they they they've got this famous air wall that. They're like, oh, you know, we thought there'd be uh, someone contacting us to tell us that, yeah, they've uh, they've opened a gate in the air wall for us. And uh, they're like, yeah, well, I really hope it does, because, yeah, we're going like 300 miles an hour. And if we go into that, we're all just screwed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and then there's, you know, one of them's like, hey, hang on, stack electricity. I can feel it in, in, in uh, my, my hair going frizzy. And she's like, that means it's open. Because uh, she she remembered you know, some supermax prison you know on the gates that they used when they opened it, it had that effect on the on the air around it. So she's like, okay, we're good. And then they, they go through and they're like, right, uh, you know, let us be the you know the, the pilot's like, right, let me be the first to welcome you to the United States of America, and you see, you know, the this new coastline of a giant border wall, uh, you know, like uh, like big stone concrete wall. Uh, it's pretty big, like uh, guns all along it, like big turrets and stuff. And you're like, holy shit, these guys really lock themselves off. Because um, all the guns are obviously pointing outwards. Um, and you're like, what What the hell's going on? And and, and they're talking about how, you know, they're, they're making history now. This is uh, 
this is the closest anyone from the outside has been to, to, to America in 30 years. And then a missile starts coming at them. And they're like, what's going on? You know, what's happening? And uh, that's where we cut away from them for the first time. So we, there's a few flashbacks uh, during this story. But that was the opening, which was already pretty interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, this is a you know, brand new issue. One. It, it gives you quite a lot of context there of, okay, 30 years uh, that America's been completely shut off. They've utterly fortified themselves. They've got this technology for this air wall that no one could penetrate. Uh, like what what happened why and some of that's answered later um but some of it definitely isn't um but we cut away uh to uh one week earlier and we're in athens and it's labeled as alliance euro, euro afrique uh so there there is a, a european and african alliance uh as uh one of the big superpowers in the rest of the world um we learn later on the other one is um uh, I'll, I'll get there. It's something. It's some sort of Asian zone. There's a, a exact name for it later. But um, we're introduced to this doctor, who's trying to uh, help this kid who who is dying from sky fever. There's something's wrong with the you know the the air. You know the the sky is is falling as they keep on. There's all this dust essentially, and and the dust is extremely infectious and it makes them extremely ill. Um, so you know there's there's all these just makeshift shelters everywhere just to cover everything just like you know canopies um and then a couple of helicopters come down a guy comes out in a gas mask and he's wearing an umbrella uh, not wearing he's holding an umbrella, he's wearing an umbrella. <laughs> so, yeah, he was wearing the gas mask and holding the umbrella i don't know if i said those the wrong way around or if i just said wearing for both um and then some kids try and come and jump him they're like give us the roof and he's like it's ain't a roof it's an umbrella they're like, ah, anything that keeps the dust away is a roof now um he pulls a gun out on them and they run off to go and get more people to, to come back um, but uh, the kids died uh, during this conversation um, and he, you know so he, he this, this mystery guy is like you know talking to the doctor and uh, she's like you know you, you're uh, Charlotte Graves um, it's her name and she's saying you know you're, you're you're known for your highly illegal research uh, into treatment on this uh, sky virus um, she's like, and she's she's not hiding that. Uh, she's she's trying to find a cure, and uh, she's like, you know, if if you think I can help you find my brother, so already you're like, okay, so a brother's someone as well. Um, but then he talks about how, hang on, we got a message from America, uh, and it's impossible. We know it's impossible. There's it's completely unheard of, but you're gonna have to come with us. Um, so he, she goes with him because uh, the, you know, the kid's dead. So there's nothing more she could do. Um, and then we cut back to the present. The, the missile hit them, and uh, and they've crash landed in in America. Um, they're in like they're in the desert, is 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 how it appears. And there's a lot of bickering between all these people, as you know, they 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 all think, oh, one of them must have colluded with with the the Americans and. The, they, were, they were given these very specific instructions to follow as to you know why they were, to get them safe passage, but one of them must have done something to to betray that for whatever reason. And you know and they're, they're accusing like one person. He's like, well, why would I do that? I was on the I was on the helicopter as well. I just got shot down too, so that would be just stupid. Um, they're like, oh, Joel, there's nothing else we can do. Um, we we got told about a a a lantern i think it was like a skylight um it's shining like a beacon which was what the message said a shining beacon 
and they're questioning what it actually is because they can see this light. They're like, is it some sort of, uh, you know, like a lighthouse, but they use it on the land because of all the all the dust and the storms. And they're like, well, we got nothing better to do, so let's head towards it. Um, and then you know, let's explore along the way. And then we cut back again four days earlier, and we're in Istanbul this time. And we see the message, and we get a message. You know, it's it's basically an offer saying, we we've been you know paying attention to all of you. We may have cut ourselves off from the from the rest of the world, but we've been watching. There's a what was what was the other one? So there's uh, there's the the two new empires, the uh, the the, the Euro African Alliance and the uh, Pan Asiatic Prosperity Zone. Um, so this is going on, and, and you're like, okay. Uh, and his offer is, come to us, send us, you know, uh, these diplomats, uh, you know, from both sides, and we will negotiate a cure for the sky virus that we have. And maybe we'll consider reopening our borders if it goes well. And the reason they're offering this is because he's, he's done the, the the maths on the uh, he's done the science on the virus. And it's like, hey, you've got like six months until there's no coming back from this. You're all dead. Society's over. So you might want to go along with this. And um, we cut to the, the room, and it's, it's most of the people who are on the helicopter, and uh, you know, they're, they're debating what they're going to do and. If his six month timeline is real, and the the doctor that we we, we met earlier is like, yeah, honestly, six months is probably being generous. We we might have less than that, but definitely by six months. Um, we meet her brother here, who is a uh, like a I think he's like a military trained guy. Um, but both the empires hate him, which is why he's here because it's kind of neutral in a way. And also, we learn that um, those two. Are actually uh, immigrants from America. They they came out of America um, when they were younger. Their parents sent them out, but they know their parents are actually uh, high up, important officials of some sort. We don't know exactly what. Um, but they're they're like, hey, do you guys recognize this guy who sent us the message? And she's like, yeah, I mean, he he was at the house sometimes. They, they definitely you know knew him. Uh, his his name was uh, Doctor Sam Ermlin, I think something like that. Um, but you know, it, it's he's he's known enough. He had a reputation um, that they do recognize him. And like, okay, this seems legit. So I, I guess we're we're gonna have to go. Um, so we come back to the present. That you know, they're, they're they're in the desert, and they're they they're crawling, and then they they find this TV, like an old CRT TV, strung up in a tree. And they're like, what, what's going on? And then they, they look over this ridge, and there's a big plane, and then it uh, it kind of channels Mad Max, in in a way. So you know it's it, they're looking back at their crashed wreckage, and you see all these you know, old beat up cars, tankers, and such show up. There's there's like a like camper van RVs and stuff. Um, you've got a car with like a wind sail on it to to help. And then there's some like extra weird stuff where there's extremely colorful fish and on the land that are you know people are riding on them. Uh, and it's like, what, what's going on? This is this is weird. Because um, these creatures are surreal, and they they pop out so much. They're these bright, vibrant. Like there's a big long eel with like six tongues. And when I say long eel, I mean it's like three or four cars worth long, and it's this, this bright yellow and red and orange, and it's just got people riding on it. Um, but then the the main guy steps forward to them, 
and uh, he is riding a bison. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's a it's a pretty evil looking bison. You know, it's all red eyes and you know the nose ring and stuff. But um, this guy, you don't see his face. He's wearing like this, uh, like almost like tinfoil style uh, stuff that he's wearing. You know, and and like big like orange ski goggles. And you you know, it's this strange look. And they're all kind of wearing this. And he's like, no, no, you you've invaded the United States of America. This is unacceptable. And they're like, no, 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 this was, we were invited. This is all a mistake. And he's like, no, no, no. We, you know, you, you all know the rules and no foreign boots on American soil. And he has the bison bite off one of their feet uh, to make the point. Um, it's uh, it's pretty gruesome. And it's, it's the pilot because they, they left the pilot behind because he was too injured. Uh, so they're like, hey, we're, we're going to go find someone. We'll come back and get you. So they're on the, most of the group is on this ridge looking back on this. And um, yeah, it's it's pretty violent. Um, they realize that. Hang on, this isn't the rest of the group. They must be over there. You know, the, 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 all the all the raiders. So they're pointing, and they all march out on their their beasts and their cars and their their other other miscellaneous vehicles. And they're like, right, we, and, the, and the gang's like, right, we need to run. Go through this pass. There's a pass here, so there's it's got to go somewhere. Otherwise, why would anyone have you know made it? And they run over, they go through the other side, and they go, shit, because there's a big, massive fortress on the other side, moving fortress, um, with all these cars and, again, tankers. And there's, like, a, like a tractor pulling a house it is, like, one of them, but then there's, like, octopuses and stuff, like, there's a big giant spider. There's all sorts of crazy shit going on, and it's kind of... It's it's visually amazing. Uh, is the way it looks. Um, um, Matt Wilson's colors here are spectacular. Um, they completely pop uh, in a in a in a very realistic way in this world because um, the, the colors are mostly fairly muted, even though they're bright, vibrant colors. They're still quite dull uh, in the way they're presented. But these these uh, kind of alien kind of fish and monsters uh, just uh, pop out entirely. But um, Someone comes out from a cave behind them, and he's all covered up. You know, uh, he's like, "Hey, no, quick, all of you this way." He's like, "Look, we ain't got time for for any fighting. Look, uh, you know, I, I got this American flag now. You come with me." And they're like, "Well, we haven't really got any other option, so we might as well." And he takes them down into these caves, and he's like, "You know, who are you know?" And and they're like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "All right, quiet, because uh, we can't make too much noise, or the Destiny Man will find us. And you know, and we're the silent minority. And there's this uh, underground society living here. Uh, and he's like, okay, the two Graveses, you know, the the the, the brother and sister, they, they can come with me. The rest of you, I want you to stay here. And uh, and they show you know, what's left of the, the the land of the free. And and it's this this map of America all divided up into the different territories. So that there's Destiny, the Codelands, the New People, Purple Mountain Kingdom. Uh, Tempest, the Shining Sea, Knox, and the Red Glare, and uh, they all have their own symbols and you know uh, territories carved up, and it's it's a very rough drawing. This um, you know it, it it's it's just kind of enough that you get the idea. And um, there's a, a path charted through these territories that goes in a spiral around you know from the outside of America into the center. And you know you have to you know that that's why you know you'll have to begin the spiral walk to the heartland. You have to go through. You can't just cut straight through. You have to go all the way around for whatever reason. You know, and so that's that's what the plan is. 
and uh, and the doctor, she's like, what, what what plan? What are you talking about? We're on a, a diplomatic mission. We were invited here to find a, a disease. And the guy's like, I, I don't send any message, and I don't know why you're here, but I know you that you are here, and I know who you are. And you know, there, there was a prophecy that said you'd come looking for me. And he goes, oh, and he pulls off the mask. And he says, my, my name's Sam, Sam Elgin, and you know, it's the, the doctor from the message. And he goes, I want you to save America. And he's doing the classic, you know, the, the war poster, we need you kind of pose. Mm-hmm. But the, the key difference here is this guy looks much older than what we saw in the video message earlier. He, he maybe even a full 30 years. He's grizzled. He's, you know, he's got a big massive scar across his face. Um, it's, and you're like, okay, so when did was that message sent? Is, is someone doctored that or was it sent 30 years ago? And someone just been, was it recorded that long ago? If it was, how did they know about the sky virus? All these things. Uh, it's really fascinating. Uh, it's a great introduction because you know there's there's this core cast of characters and you kind of get to know them just enough that you get to know the the doctor the most, but um, <laughs> the others kind of they're playing off. I think um, Matt Sean looks seven times during this wonderful review. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. It just it just keeps going. I know, it's, it's like forty pages. It's forty pages, and it's a lot denser than than the American Vampire issue because. Well, I'm also kind of only half listening because I want to read it. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think you'd enjoy it, Matt, because um, it is kind of really great. All this stuff, this this introduction, it's all this world building. It's kind of surreal as to what the hell's going on in this America. How did this happen? We still don't really know. Um, there's there's a bit of uh, stuff in the in the back matter that kind of gives you some ideas. Uh, you know, it's like eight years before the wall went up, they kind of developed this air wall at DARPA. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a a trade war with China, who called in their outstanding mm-hmm. debt on from the U.S. and immediately devalued the dollar. And there was this global recession that you know, uh, the, but, the, but it hit the U.S. the hardest because obviously it was the dollar that fell. Mm-hmm. And there's all this stuff, and it's like, okay, this is all this really incredible world building stuff that is wrapped up in some decent character work and a mystery. Um, but it's the world building that is the star here where you're, you're just, you're, you're traversing the edges of America here. You know, we're right at the edge, you know, start this spiral walk into the heartland and see how the different areas change. Uh, it sounds like, um, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah. Kind of in some ways. Um, the yellow brick road. Yeah. Yeah, um, but it's it's really it's really interesting to read. Um, this is a, a great first issue. It's like a yeah, I'll give it a nine. Yeah, it's finally over. Well, I'm sorry it was a long, dense issue. <laughs> but patrons are picking books for Connor. Please don't pick something that's going to take him this long to explain. But. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think uh, the second issue will be as bad. It's just that okay, we're we're setting up the whole concept of what this is, and it's such a higher <clears throat> concept than American Vampire, right? Where short, it's, short it's vampires and, in the past, short and snappy, easy to explain, but as painful as possible. That is the the correct concoction for a Cora Patreon book. Yeah. That's the perfect perfect amount. I can definitely recommend this to anyone who was kind of interested. Well, that will take us on to the section of the show where you pick our favourite stuff of the week, favourite paddle slash moment, favourite cover, favourite artist, and of course, top five books of the week. And what an excellent selection we've got to pick from this week. Uh, so, Matt, your favourite paddle slash moment, if you please. All right. So, it wasn't going to be basketball heads. 
So I want to do something different because I figured that would be everyone else's. But since I get to go first, it's going to be when she lops off the dude's head. Viking <laughs> uh-huh. axe, come on. Yes. Uh, you are nothing if not consistent. Okay, I, honestly, it was either that, hockey Supergirl, or Shazam. Oh, I, I was expecting the hockey. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's there, but then basketball heads is also rad. So. All right, Connor, what's your uh, pick? Uh, I'm going with Zatanna cutting a hole in her face to have a mouth. Yeah, that's pretty good too. Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to go with the Flash. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm kidding. Uh, but I'm going to go with... He really loves Ice Wolves. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's possible that uh, Infinite Crisis may have snuck in, but yeah, it's going to be a basket full of heads. I, I think I could pick almost any page of this book, to mm-hmm. be honest. Uh, it's all about the atmosphere. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with not the head, although the head page is great. I'm going to go with cutting off the tip of the foot is the moment because that, that's where it really gets violent for the first time where, where it just it feels like oh ouch so i'm gonna go with that that's my pick uh so then best cover of the week i'll we'll go back in reverse i suppose i'll go first uh and basically it was between the two basket full of heads covers although the variant for shazam is also pretty good uh, by cho but uh i think i'm going to go with the regular basket full of heads cover but the variant is also very good connor I'm going with the Shazam variant uh, by Joe. I mean, that's great. And uh, you know, don't run the basketball heads. Both covers are very good, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I prefer the Joe. Can uh, I say? I'm gonna go with the Batgirl Dotson cover variant. Um, I'm just a sucker for the Dotson, so. Sure. Yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Didn't they do that mediocre Teen Titans Earth one? If I remember right. Yeah, and that's that why I bought it. Their art wasn't that wasn't bad their fault. That. that was Lemire. I remember loving the art in the book, to be honest. But I mean, that's yeah. fine. No, it's fine. I just I like the pinup esque style that the Dotsons do. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, eh, debatable. Uh, so <laughs> this guy. Uh, top, How dare you have a different opinion? <laughs> top, top artist, art of the week, rather. Uh, Carter. Um. I'm I'm going to go with yeah I'm 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 really torn between two. I'm I'm actually going to edge it to uh, Lepresti for uh, Dark Multiverse uh, Infinite Crisis. I I thought that was really great art and and some of the great things they did and then and played with and f- for the time as well. Um, it just edges out basketball heads. I think. Well, this is going to shock everyone, but Leo Max for Basketful of Heads will take my top art of the week. Um, don't get me wrong, I, I think uh, uh, Braga on Supergirl was good. I think mm-hmm. Infinite Crisis with uh, but Lepresti was good, but I think Leo Max is perfect for that book, and yeah. so much of it is based on the, the slow-building atmosphere that the art gives to it. So, uh, Matt, what you got? Yeah, basically what you just said. Uh, you, you took the other options. <laughs> also throw in Justice League Dark, that was pretty good too, but no, it's Basketball Heads. Yeah. Well, I never read that, so I, I couldn't have picked that. No, I know. So, you know. Uh, uh, which will lead us on to our top five books of the week. So, Matt, if you please. All right. So, number one is Basketball Heads. Now, if I can remember after all of Connor rambling about Undiscovered <laughs> Country. Honestly, I don't think the time of it was that much longer than Pete was. Yes, but I have a more engaging voice than you do, so... All right, so yeah, one basketball ahead. Matt just was listening because he's read that before and he can actually mm-hmm. contribute. He doesn't um, want to cause a fight, but he knows I'm right. Nope. 
Um, one's Basketball Heads, two's Justice League Dark, three's Dark Multiverse Infinite Crisis, four Supergirl Annual, and five is Batgirl. There you go. Connor? Basketball of Heads, Dark Multiverse, Justice League Dark, and Batwoman. Batgirl, even. And you read Flash, so you can put that in first place. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I didn't even notice. I'm looking at, like, what, what, what did I do? And I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's there. Yes. Uh, yeah, Basketball Heads, number one for me, too. Uh, number two is uh, Infinite Crisis, Dark Multiverse. Number three is... Uh, Supergirl Annual number four is Batgirl number five is Shazam uh, leaving off what Flash action mm-hmm. yeah yeah sounds about right uh, so yeah kind of a weird week uh, a couple of great things in there but obviously we started off in a really bad place uh, so it's kind of weird me... how these Dark Multiverse and Black Label books are becoming the best more consistent yeah uh, so, but hey, it's nice to have if the if the main stuff isn't if it isn't cutting it necessarily yeah, as consistently as it should be. Um, so let's see what's coming next week. Not we, not a ton. We got Batman eighty four, uh, which mm-hmm. is the penultimate issue, at least in the main title uh, for King. Yep. Uh, we got uh, Batman Universe number six, the final of the Bendis reprints. We have next thing that's worth mentioning Deathstroke 50 which I think is the final issue as well um, I think it is yeah so that's the end of Priest running that so uh, we all fell off that but hey it's super notable all the yeah. same uh, then we have do, 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 do. there's so many things that uh, we don't you know are kind of outside there's, there's of like dollar comics yeah yeah facsimiles yeah uh, yeah Green Lantern Black Stars 2 of 3 but Carter's not caught up so yeah but that's the next one of those you get Harley Quinn yeah. 68 you got Infected Deathbringer issue 1 that's the Donna Troy one uh, Inferior yeah. f- 5 issue 4 it says of 12 here still but it's not it's off 6 <laughs> uh, we got Justice League 37 Mm-hmm. Uh, Lois Lane number six, uh, New Year's Evil issue one, which I love the title of, as I said when it was solicited. Uh, of course you do, because it's the same same name as the the fantastic slasher movie, <laughs> New Year's Evil. Um, that is the hundred page or eighty page anthology book for New Year's, um, instead of a Christmas one shot this year. Uh, probably. It, I mean, it does have joker in a santa outfit so i'll probably have some christmas stories in there too probably yeah uh, so that's uh, something we probably won't cover just because it's a big huge book that's uh going to be such a mixed bag as these things often are uh but that is out next ten week stories for ten dollars not a bad deal though sure yeah yeah uh superman up in the sky issue six the last of the king superman reprints of the walmart stuff uh same with wonder woman come back to sorry come back to me issue six get it, wrapping up that and then young justice issue 11 to round out the week so yeah not a lot and as much as pete said we won't do probably won't do the new year's evil um by my count unless pete's still doing any of the the, the reprint ones which i don't think he is no nah, it's been a while since i've had uh, time for them we only have four books other I, I think so next week's a question week we will be looking for questions <laughs> from you guys uh to to talk to us yeah, get those Patreon books out early before the hell week later, yeah, actually, later in December. Actually, that's weird. Yeah, we'll probably do some Patreon books next week just because it's such a quiet week, even though we just did the, the previous ones. But yeah, good a reason as any. But, uh, do I read Deathbringer? Questions next week for sure. Uh, because yeah, I've only got what? Batman? Yeah. 
Yeah, four. Justice He's League. The same as me. Batman, Lois, Justice League. Young Justice, yeah, four. I got four. Young Justice. Yeah. I've only got three, but I mean, yes. So well worth mentioning. So next week I'll ask on Twitter as well. But if you want to send a question early or a longer question. Uh, send that to mftvquestions at gmail.com. That's mftvquestions at gmail.com. And we will answer some questions next week uh, and have some fun doing that since it's such a light week for books. Um, so that is that. Um, otherwise, though, of course, you can do a couple of different things. You can like and subscribe. Let us know in the comments what you thought of this week's books if you're on YouTube. Also, ding the bell. Make sure you get notifications. Uh, you can, of course, support us financially over at patreon.com slash TV. And I keep meaning to do this in the middle and I keep forgetting, but uh, I'll thank the Patreon producers here uh, as I'm doing the Patreon plug. Uh, so the Patreon producers for the month of November um, were David Short, Alison M. Fordyce, Cindy Palacios, Tyler Hess, and Talking Superman. So thank you to all them. That means they are $20 or up on the Patreon, uh, which you can get over at patreon.com slash TV, And you get a lot of bonuses for just $1 per month. Um, and obviously you get higher tiers with other things, voting rights, and obviously eventually producer credits and things like that. Uh, but all of our content is basically completely funded by you wonderful people. So go over and see if you want to keep uh, help the content being produced and you can support us uh that way so go and go and do that um otherwise uh check out other stuff we do obviously me and connor do television from the multiverse every week where we look at the cw shows and even though it was only flash and arrow this week we somehow went for 50 minutes complaining about how bad flash is so uh and it was mostly how bad i mean arrow didn't have the best episode but it was mostly how bad flash was not yeah, flash was garbage this week i miss cicada that's how bad it is right now i miss cicada Oof. It's it's not been a good year for I mean Ouch. you know, this season that Arrow has been one of the consistently better shows. Yeah, Supergirl's been rough. Flash has been garbage. Uh, Bloodwork Matt is like oh, terrible. Well, Bloodwork wasn't a good character in the two issues we got of that. <laughs> well, comic <laughs> Bloodwork comic Bloodwork looks like goddamn Joker after these this season of Flash in terms of quality. Yeah, it's not good. Is really, really not good. Uh, just absolute trash. So that, that woman's been fine. That one's been fine. Yeah, that one's the new thing. It's just sort of finding its feet, but it's all right. Uh, if not particularly good, but all right. Uh, so yeah, so go go check out Television the Multiverse. Check out all the content we have from Melfuzz TV. We do movie podcasts such as Screams After Midnight, the horror movie podcast, or the Atomic Cinema Experiment, the sci-fi movie podcast. Uh, me and Carl review a lot of TV shows. Typically, uh, right now doing Mr. Robot and The Mandalorian. I'm also reviewing Watchmen with Tara, so you can go check out all those if you're interested. Uh, Watchmen being somewhat relevant as a kind of DC yeah. show, <laughs> so yeah. uh, so go have a look at all those if you want to. And otherwise, that is us. So. Thank you very much for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, guys. And remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Yeah, pick, pick better stuff for Connor, please. <laughs>